Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The way it is with Ukraine is the minute the ink hits the print on the newspapers, um, it's out of date because this is an unfolding story constantly. So um, online, the updates come in and radio news is probably the best place to get it. Uh, any kind of update like that with with a breaking and a moving story. 137 people have died now, soldiers and civilians, since the early hours of yesterday morning in the attack on Ukraine uh, by Russia. And these strikes are targeting cities and they're targeting uh, they're targeting uh, military bases primarily and the airstrike started at 4am yesterday morning and Kiev is one of the main targets at the moment now uh, they're said to be like 15 or 20 miles away from the capital at this stage there's been many damaged buildings of course loss of life down planes uh, and Kiev is uh, pretty much at this stage I don't mean to be alarmist but I imagine that it is at this stage under siege um, in fact this is the darkest hour according to the front page headline in the star today Russian troops blasting into the Ukraine, a full-scale invasion. The Irish Independent this morning, huge, big, black print, Putin's war on Europe. Uh, Putin to save the capital, or to seize the capital in days. Uh, Russian troops are around Kiev. In fact, one of the papers this morning is saying in days. It actually is a matter of hours now at this stage. So you see how things become uh, you know, out of date very quickly. Putin to seize capital in days is wrong. It's just a matter uh, of, uh, they say at this stage, sometime today. Then there are graphic photographs in the red tops this morning. Her blood on his hands is the same headline with both the mirror and this morning's sun with the uh, mirror having a photograph of uh, a teacher whose head is bandaged and she is badly, badly injured. Uh, the innocence of the Ukrainians um, is, a, is a story that makes the, the front pages this morning very, very graphic actually when you see wounded people walking around with their hands up in the air saying what's going on? Why is this happening? Um, the war on Ukraine and with regards to where Ireland stands uh, well the Taoiseach has said that we're fully supporting all the EU's 27 Prime Ministers and Presidents when it comes to sanctions against uh, against Russia. Very interestingly the, the Taoiseach also goes on, oh actually funnily enough, I was wondering, you know we talk about how would sanctions affect us you know with regards to um, you know, if you, if you sanction stuff coming out of Russia and more importantly, things coming out of Ukraine, um, how would that have an impact on us? Well, the examiner breaks it down this morning. Like a war like this, we will feel it economically and consumers will very much feel it. Like the examiner this morning says that like Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. And I suppose we're kind of like that ourselves too. But they're on a vastly bigger scale than us because they're home to major wheat, barley and corn industries. So I don't need to tell you what you make uh, the likes of wheat, barley and corn from. Lots of different products. Uh, And much of the wheat, barley and corn is needed for bread and for beer and lots of other day-to-day Uh, products. Now, I know you're going to be saying like loss of life is much more important than beer. I get that. But a lot of other day-to-day products, not just your your barley, your wheat or your corn, but a lot of companies now have closed down operations in Ukraine, like Nestle have closed their factories and their warehouses in Ukraine. Carlsberg have closed theirs. Coca-Cola has closed down its Ukrainian operations. There's just three or four that I know about and there's probably more. Ryanair were probably the last to go, but they've suspended all flights to and from Ukraine for at least the next fortnight 
midnight, they're saying. And of course, we've been talking with people from Ukraine here. We've been talking with Irish people in Ukraine over the past couple of days. And the papers pick up on some of those conversations. Uh, amongst them, the Mirror and the Echo and some of the other papers pick up on my conversation with Eugene, the Corkman, Eugene O'Sullivan, who's in Ukraine. Um, and my chat with him makes both the uh, Mirror and the Echo this morning where Eugene was telling me I didn't expect it. It came out of the blue. And of course, because of that, it will turbocharge the cost of living uh, and fuel price surges right across the board. I've already covered that with much of what we depend on uh, from Ukraine and to a lesser extent what Europe depends on from Europe. But we're looking at two litres a, pe- a gallon, or sorry, what am I talking about? Two, euro, two, lit- two euro a litre when it comes to petrol. And probably, probably diesel as well, I suppose. But very interestingly, I didn't see this in the papers, but I did read earlier this morning that Man United are ready to end their sponsorship deal with Aeroflot. Aeroflot have been their sponsors since 2013. Uh, and it's worth forty million to Manchester United, but they're saying they will walk away from it. They've decided not to renew the partnership with Aeroflot. And also, some British MPs are calling for Roman Abramovich, uh, Abramovich, to be banned from owning Chelsea and to have his UK home seized. I mean. How you would do that? I mean, I can't even imagine how that would even be legal. But that's how incensed people are. Ban him from owning Chelsea and seize his UK home. So that's it, lads. Quite an amount to cover in that lot. There are other stories making the papers today, including some jail sentences. Busy day in the courts on Leeside yesterday. There was a character who got aggressive with the staff at Burger King and smashed two two COVID protection screens on the counter. He's been jailed um, and he got a sentence yesterday of four months. It'll run concurrent with another similar sentence to another similar incident around the same time. And there's um, a story that on one level is very, very sad because as the judge was saying, this young girl uh, felt that she had no option. This young girl, the judge felt that uh, she was vulnerable and was being used by other people for sinister purposes. She travelled up to Dublin with money um, and picked up 28 grand's worth of heroin, which was hidden in a nappy. She was caught by Gardee with uh, street value, 28 grand of heroin in the nappy of her bag. She said that she had taken the train up to the capital that day to do a favour for someone she couldn't identify. She had three white bags and wrapped them in a nappy. She said she was numb and scared for her child because she knew the package she was carrying was probably drugs, but didn't know that it was heroin. So to some extent, that would be a drug mule. And there's another story of a couple of drug mules. This is quite interesting because the two Polish men who were acting as mules, they were caught with 35 grand's worth of cannabis on a bus going through Middleton. They'd only been in Ireland one week at the time. They were hoping to get a proper job in construction, but this is what they were caught doing. So they got five-year jail sentences. But interestingly, I'd love your thoughts on this. The sentence will be suspended as soon as their families provide plane tickets for them to fly back home. So they were only here a work, uh, here a week uh, looking for work and were caught then with cannabis. I'd say they probably feel as if they dodged a bullet on that one, wouldn't you? Family comes up with cheap plane tickets back to uh, back to Poland and they don't have to serve their five-year jail sentence. Text 0868104106 on that one. The two Johnnies makes the papers. I believe they have been taken off air. I don't know whether it's temporary or, or permanent, but our team management are under fire now because of um, the two Johnnies, because of their sexist com- um, sexist comment online. They did apologise subsequent to that for the offensive content, but just three days after the show began, they were absent from the airwaves. Uh, I don't know if that's temporary or not. They did apologise and say, sorry, we're better than this and we'll improve. And be very, very wary of this. Half 
half of children's car seats in the back seat of your car are fitted improperly. They say 50 odd percent, like 56, 56 percent of them aren't secured properly. And that includes having them the wrong way round. So you really need to check that. They're there for a reason. All of us need to check things like that. Car seats. Wouldn't be a bad idea as well to throw bike racks into that. I'd say there's an awful lot of bike racks that are fitted to the back. I know. Bike racks don't carry babies, they carry bikes. But if a bike rack came off and the bikes came off onto the road, somebody could die in the cars behind. And apparently, you know what's flying off the shelves as we get our freedom and we'll get some more freedom on Monday? Books on travel are flying off the library shelves. Um, I I mean, library shelves even. You know, I'm not even talking about the bookshelves in, in shops or in stationers or in... Beesons and the likes, but libraries. It's great to hear that people are still going to libraries and still taking out books. And I love this story. Dr. Karen Weeks has completed the first solo row of the Atlantic Ocean by an Irish woman. We can't claim her because she's from Galway, but we do have some skin in the game because she's a lecturer in what was CIT, now MUT. And she is Ireland's first solo transatlantic oarswoman, crossed the finishing line. Off Barbados yesterday, 80 days at sea, she rode 2,614 nautical miles and she absolutely nailed it. The Neil Prendeville Show. Very, very quickly, I want to go down to Lissarda because they're all celebrating down there with a 1 million euro Lotto Plus win. Dara O'Leary has O'Leary Spar in Lissarda. Dara, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, fair play to you. Thanks for stepping away from the till. Any idea who it is, Dara? We don't, Neil. All we know is that it was a quick pick ticket. Um, the winner has made contact with the National Lottery. They haven't made um, contact with you, though, no? Not yet, anyway. But look, we're, look we've got a very loyal customer base in, in Lazard, and we'd love the, if the winner was from the local community. But whoever the winner is, we just wish to congratulate them and hope they enjoy their winning. Tell me now, because for I don't know, when was the draw? The draw was Wednesday. So they, um, it was the Lotto Plus One. They didn't hang around, so they didn't? Not like no, the 19 they million they waited for a couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly, yeah, they made contact very quickly. A lot more crab it down Lissard away, give me that money fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, any exactly. bit of a party for the staff? You don't know who sold it or anything, no? We don't know who sold it, yes, but um, we had promised the staff that we would organise a night out once kind of restrictions ended during COVID. And I thought this would give us a, an extra reason now to celebrate as well. So an we're looking forward to organising that. excuse. That'll be fantastic. So have you ever had a winner before? We've had smaller winners, Neil, but we've never had anything on the scale of a million euros. So hopefully it'll be the, the, the first one, but not the last one. I always wonder, do people get annoyed when they hear it's a quick pick? That, you know, a million euro lotto win was won just on a chance. You know, the people then use the same numbers week after yes. week after week. Yeah, yeah, certainly. A win is a win is a win. So you might, exactly. you might know at some stage, they may come in and confess well, hopefully they will, and especially if, if someone in the local community, because I know there's there's great anticipation in Lazard at the moment of who the who the new millionaire could be. <laughs> will you be watching to see if there's a new car, a flash would, car, or maybe <laughs> exactly? We'll be we'll be looking out for a fancy car, or if one or if we one of the locals has gone out of, for a few days or anything That's like right, that. Would yeah. be. Oh, you see some fella in a handmade suit, or some woman <laughs> with a some woman with a designer handbag, all of a sudden walking through the village. <laughs> Exactly, I'll just have to watch out for that now going forward. Okay, I just wanted to say congratulations to you and whoever they were. Well done. Take Thank care. Thank you so much, Really appreciate it. Well done. Take care, Dara. A million euro lot of win in Lissarda. Good luck to them. Good luck to them. Fair play. Back after the break. Call-
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. Okay, following my story with Rivni yesterday, I told you about the awful situation she finds herself in with the death of her husband at a very, very young age. And of course, uh, the bank mortgage was sold by the bank uh, to um, uh, another bank, you know, one of the banks that are a little bit more aggressive than the traditional banks uh, because they hadn't been able to pay the mortgage for a few years. You might remember that conversation uh, and what they've been through. And then uh, the day that he was starting a brand new job, of course, he uh, suffers a stroke and dies. So it was a very upsetting uh, and emotional conversation yesterday. Um, and I just wanted to update on that conversation because I got some texts from people in talking about it. a lot of people wanted to make a donation and thank you for that. Here's a typical example of that. Cynthia says, I'm listening to that lady. My heart is breaking for her. If you could please give her and her children one of your Trabulgan breaks, that family could do definitely do with the breakaway, says Cynthia. So we got in touch with Trabulgan yesterday on Rivney's behalf and they're going to give Rivney and her three children a gift of a four-night midweek break during the summer for herself and her family. And they'll be based on half-board uh, breakfast and evening meals included in this. And they're also going to throw in lots of activity passes for the kids to use. I think that's a fantastically kind and generous offer. Um, and Trabogan were very happy to give it. And we should think of Trabogan uh, in the future, particularly if you're thinking about a family break yourself. So hopefully that it'll ease some of the pain. with Because I don't know, I think Rivney said they'd never been on a holiday ever. The odd night away um, over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, but never anything overseas that involved an airplane or sunshine. So this is just some small consolation, if you like, but it's a significant prize nonetheless. A four, or gift, I should say, a four-night midweek break during the summer for Rivney and the kids based on half-board bed, breakfast, and all of the activities for the kids. So something that the kids can look forward to, Rivney. And I hope to update with you again uh, in the coming weeks to see how things are going. Now, I donate was at about 16 and a half grand when we came on air this morning. But um, uh, Seamus had a call yesterday afternoon for a chap who wants to remain anonymous. He's got an incredible backstory, and I'm, I'm not in a position to mention it to you, but this man has had, um, you know, uh, some, uh, you know, a lot of luck in life, a lot of sadness in life as well, but financially he's very secure. Um, and he wants to donate €10,000 uh, to Rivney's I Donate Fund. He doesn't want anybody to know who it is. He tried to do it online himself, wasn't able to. I don't know, maybe I Donate doesn't accept that kind of money, 10 grand. Uh, but he asked us to um, take it on his behalf and to pass it on to Rivney. So that will all happen off air. So you can say at this stage that the fund has gone to 26 and a half thousand euro. And I'll give you details. I don't have them at the moment with regards to the I Donate fund for Rivney. But I think that was an incredible gesture. 10,000 euro, notwithstanding that every single contribution is important and it is very much appreciated. So that's great news, a lovely way to start the program this morning. You know, you talk about uh, funny ways to start programs with regards to a lotto win. Great result down in uh, O'Leary Spa in Lasarda. Uh, but the lads were telling me yesterday, there's a pub quiz in the Briar Rose. I think it happens every Thursday night, to the best of my knowledge, because my son goes to it, my daughter goes to it, lots of people take tables for it. But apparently, at the pub quiz at the Briar Rose, you know, you have a team, and all of the teams have different names. And apparently, I'm told, there is a pub quiz team at the Briar Rose called It's a Disgrace, Neil. That's the name of the pub team. It's a disgrace, Neil. And apparently they do quite well, which I'm glad to hear. I'd hate to have somebody with a pub team that were doing badly using my name. So apparently they're smart. 
not necessarily smart Alex, but smart. But I'd love to talk to them. So if anybody knows any of the members of It's a Disgrace, Neil, the pub quiz team from the Briar Rose, would you text me 0868104106 because I'd love to have a chat with them. That and lots more besides across the morning. But just seriously, I just want to pop in here and chat with, uh, hang on a second, uh, we'll chat with Tara just for a few minutes. Tara, I know you're up to 90 there, are you? Up to 90, Neil. <laughs> how, many, how many in the family? Um, I have three children. Um, yeah, so 10, 5 and 3. Okay, where do you live? I'm in Formoy in County Cork. In Formoy. And how is Jaden? Jaden is doing okay, yeah, but he's waiting on, um, well, he had a brain MRI on Tuesday. Why? In the Marcy, Why? And he woke up on the table. Why did he have the brain MRI? So, Jaden had um, developmental delays as a baby. And um, I had been linked with his public health nurse and his doctors since he was very young, um, about three about three months old. Okay. So, um, kind of, as he was kind of coming along, he started meeting the paediatrician when he was around 18 months old. And they had kind of done a lot of tests and ruled out a lot. But he needed a brain MRI because they, they actually thought first he had a brain tumour. A brain tumour. You thought developmental issues. They thought brain tumour. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then they thought so cerebral palsy, I think, was it? No, so they actually thought it was a brain tumour and they'd done a brain scan to rule out brain tumour, right. basically. Yeah. So when they did the brain, when they did the first brain scan, they found out that there was more um, white matter in his brain than grey and that there was something at the back of the cerebellum and they had thought that he had um, a condition called leukodystrophy, okay. which is a progressive condition. And what is he now, five, is it? He's five okay. now. Um, so, uh, lo and behold, between the jigs and the reels, he ended up getting another... His scan got sent to um, a neurologist in Dublin and they had thought that he was likely to have PVL, type of cerebral palsy. Okay. So they sent his brain scan to that um, neurologist in Dublin, and then he said he wanted a repeat scan done 12 months after okay. the first one. So he got the second one then, and then they said that they were 90, kind of 90, 95% sure that he had cerebral palsy. Okay. But he was waiting on this last final scan on Tuesday. For what happened, what happened on Tuesday? So we went in, like your routine, you go in at 8 o'clock in the morning, they give the child sedation. Uh, they do all the checks on him, make sure there's no illnesses or anything before they get the sedation. They check him over. They give him the sedation and they wait for him to fall asleep. Yeah. But sedation was taking a long time to work and it wasn't really working. So I went out to the nurse and said, look, I don't think it's going to work. He's not falling asleep. But eventually we did get him off to sleep and he was asleep going off today. The station didn't work properly. So they brought him down for the brain scan. Like you're up on floor, you're up on, say, you're up on level four and you have to go, the child has to go down in a trolley down onto the ground floor to get the brain MRI. So when they got him down to the brain MRI, he woke up inside in the MRI. Oh no, really? That's, that's like in a tunnel, isn't it? Yes, in under the tunnel. He woke up inside in the chair and he got an awful fright. It was actually, my husband had actually went in with him because he used to lift him up into the bed and he's very, he's very... Was he upset when he woke up inside in the MRI? He was, he was, he was. Was he crying, poor devil? He was, the poor old creator, but only for a few seconds. Once they took him up, like once he was awake, then, and they couldn't obviously do it like he was crying, you know, you wouldn't put a child through something crying, you know what I mean? So... That was the end of it, but basically he needs um, 
the MRI still needs to be done, but there's a two and a half, two to two and a half year waiting list for um, an MRI under general anaesthetic for a paediatric so, in Ireland. So because he woke in the MRI and when he was in the MRI tunnel, you have yeah. to you go back into a wait again for another two and a half years to get him to go back yeah. into it. Even though yeah, even bizarre. though he, even though he woke up in it because of yeah. the anesthetic. It's not his fault. Yeah. No, no, it's not Jaden's fault. It's not our fault. We were already waiting what, for but, the two years but, for this. But have you been told it's a two and a half year wait? Oh, yeah. Were... The, nurse, the nurse in the mercy told me it's two to two and a half year wait. It's in Dublin. They do it. And but that, you like it's that's un- insane. Like, if you woke up in the middle Absolutely. of it because of the anaesthetic, they, they, need to, they should be saying, but we're going to do it tomorrow again. I know, like, you know, we've been waiting for this for two years for a bit of security to see what's actually going on with our son. Do you know what I mean? And then they're kind of saying, oh, yeah, two more years again. How do you feel about that? You're not angry about that? Very angry. I've rang the whole country. I've rang England. England is a 12-month waiting list. Because Jaden woke up because the anaesthetic wasn't taking effect in the middle of the tunnel, waiting for it to scan his brain, he now has to go and wait two and a half years to have it redone again. Yeah. Not even two and a half months. No, no, exactly. If it was months, you'd say fair enough. Two, two to two and a half years, she said. And, that's, and you know what? They said to me, if you're lucky. That's what we heard. And did you not say, hang on a second. I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming anybody here, incidentally, Tara. I don't know anything about yeah. the anaesthetic. I'm sure they know all know what yeah. they're doing, clearly. But if, you know, you get an anaesthetic... They gave him max dose of anaesthetic so they couldn't actually give him any more. I, under, I understand that. I understand yeah. that. I understand. But it's not the lad's fault. No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, it's hard on families when they're already after waiting two years for this one. And then we have, now we're being pushed out for another two and a half years. Till not, he's not prioritised as, He's not prioritised as a five-year-old with possible development, developmental issues, possible cerebral palsy. Um, you, you say that it's not a brain tumour, so that's, that's, that's okay in that sense. But Thank uh, God, yeah. They, they don't see this as kind of not his fault and something a little bit more urgent? No, and like I'm still actually waiting. Like, so that happened on Tuesday. And there was, his neurologist was supposed to contact me and either today or Monday, which is fair enough, so it's only early morning, so I haven't ruled that out yet. So, like, we still haven't had any, like, chat from the neurologist, as in what's the next step. All we were told is that he's going on a two, two to two and a half year waiting list for um, an MRI under general anaesthetic, and it'll be done in Dublin, because there's nowhere else in the country that does them. I, I despair. I really do. I mean, I have no answer to that. Like, I just—it makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, no. Um, do you mind? Do you mind if we get on to press at the HSC and just see how they can back this up, like, and see how? Please, if make, you could, anything you could do to help. But to, hang on a second. Anyone? What's what? Have you have you looked about a private MRI scan? I yeah, hate saying yeah. that, but have you looked? No, at no, that? I have. I have looked at private. I actually was actually looking at private. Because um, we wanted to get it done sooner, and we do. looked in. Yeah, we looked into it. Um, I rang. I rang every hospital in Ireland. I was on to Belfast. I was on to loads of um, public hospitals. It's because he's pediatric that they don't do. There's very little 
people out there that do general anaesthetic. Okay, for so you've tried. Have you tried? Because oh, because oh, he's a five-year-old. It's different. So just let me ask yeah. you this: Have you tried the MRI scan at the Bonds? Yes, I rang okay. the Bonds. I was on to a lovely lady in the Bonds yesterday, huh? and she and did she all her best to help me. But she said that unfortunately they don't do general anaesthetic. It's general anaesthetic that seems to be catching us with his age. Okay, did you try the matter, private? I tried the matter. Matter don't deal with under 16. Okay. Did you try Avidea? Avidea, I've been told don't deal with under 16s either. I haven't rang them, but I have been told that they don't deal with under 16s because they don't do sedation. <sighs> okay. Is there anywhere else? Am I missing anywhere? Have you, have you Leia? Have you VHI? We don't actually have health insurance, okay, no. Okay, that's, that, that's why they're talking. If you had VHI, would you be waiting? It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter because there's actually nowhere to actually do the brain scan. That's okay. actually the problem. Have you tried Alliance Medical Matter Private? Is that the same as the matter, yeah? It's the same as the matter. They don't deal with under 16. I would have thought, now in all fairness, I would have thought that hospital would have just prioritised him and brought him back a couple of days later, let him recover from the anaesthetic and do it again. What about Kingsbridge in Dublin, in Belfast? I was on to the Belfast General yesterday. Is that a different hospital? What's it called? Sorry. Kingsbridge, private hospital. They do um, the cataract Kings- bus. Yeah. Kingsbridge. I didn't ring them. There may be somebody. There may be somebody listening to this conversation that may be able to point us in the right direction. I'm going to yeah, find that's out. That's what I was hoping I'm because gonna, I yeah. just I'm after trying a lot of hospitals. I've tried the Manchester Royal um, Hospital for Children. I'm after trying the Birmingham Hospital for Children. I'm after trying another one in Sussex for children, and they're all twelve months in England. But you, you didn't get any other options from the HSC. What hospital in uh, Dublin was it? There, oh, where we told he'll be sent to Crumlin. And where was the one, this, this one that he, that he woke up um, in? The Mercy, the Mercy in Cork. So the Mercy didn't give you any options or recommendations or any advice, no, as to what to do next? Mm, nothing, just told that we'll be waiting two to two and a half years if we're lucky. That's but, all we were told on Tuesday. Two, two and a half if you're lucky. So that's the length of time lucky, that that's the, word, the length yeah. of time that our small children in Ireland have to wait to be seen to get crucial tests done, is it? Two and a half yeah, years if you're lucky. Complete joke. That's pathetic. <laughs> that is that is that is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. It's absolutely a disgrace to every child in the country. Okay. The the health system is so far behind and as well The health the, system is a shambles. It's broken. Yeah. It's been broken for years. I'm sure the disability services for children in Ireland is broken as well. Do you yeah. know, like, for, it's just everything is list, 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 and wait, wait, And you're wait. sure that Affidea said no because a texter says they scanned my son during the week and he's 12. He's 12, okay. Now, I have been told by a few people that it's, some places might do it if they're over 10. So I'm going to ring Avidea. There's that I didn't go even, on. Yeah, I'll, do do that and do that and um and and see what they say. I'll, I'll see. If I have I have been in Avidea. That's the one in Cork, like. So yeah. I have been there myself. Okay, so it's a an MRI scan. It's a brain scan. We're talking brain about brain MRI. Yeah, five year old under general anaesthetic. You never know who might be listening that might be able to point us in the right direction. It's it's the, the money isn't a problem, is it? Because you could be talking about three four hundred euro here. But have you? Yeah, that's fine. No, no, that's are fine. Are you sure? We, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, we we don't have much choice. We have to get it done. He needs it done. You know, we're waiting with a long so, time. So just let me recap here. He went into the tunnel. Under general yeah. anaesthetic, he woke up in the tunnel. No, he was under sedation. sedation. Chlorhydrate, 
chlorhydrate sedation, yeah. And he was at the max dose. He woke up. Max dose, yeah. very upset, obviously, when he woke up in the tunnel. He was taken yeah. out and you were told, sorry, we can't continue with this. He'll go back on a waiting list. He'll be two and a half years if you're lucky. Is that 100% accurate? Yeah, yeah. Two okay. to two and a half years if you're lucky. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to see what the uh, HSC press have to say on the matter, whether they'll uh, be able to give us some kind of a reason as to why. It could well be to do with everything in this country. Waiting list. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see what they say in response. And let's see if anybody listening might be able to help in that regard. But give Affaday another bell there. You'd never know. I will. All right, I will. Tara. Okay, come back to Thanks, me. Thanks, right. Neil. I All appreciate right. it. Thanks very much. Appreciate Thank it. You. Appreciate it. I mean, God almighty, I'm frustrated in the sense that there's nothing I can particularly do to make it easier for you except despair at the state, at the state of the Irish Health Service. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Thank you for making the Neil Prendiville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork. Again, Cork's Red FM. And I also want to say thank you this morning to Oak Fire Pizza because this morning is our last Oak Fire Pizza Free Food Friday giveaway. We have a new sponsor from next week, but Oak Fire have been with me for a couple of years now at least, and I want to say thank you. Lads, we we um, we baked a lot of pizzas together, and I appreciate every single one of them. If you are getting pizza this weekend, Oak Fire Pizza on Princess Street, Galabi Street, Clonakilty, and Bandon, and let's sort you out uh, for good hot piping pizza. Now, we will sort you out on a free food Friday. So it's the last opportunity for pizza this morning. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Text who you are, where you are, who you're working with, where you're working, stuff like that to 0868 104 106. We'll start doing the shout outs around about 10, 10 past 10 this morning. So this is the six of the largest pizzas, right? It'll feed 15 of you with sides, wood fired baby potatoes, garlic bread, dips, drinks, homemade mini cheesecake tasters for afters. Okay, so who you are and where you are to 0868104106 and we'll pick a winner around about 10 minutes to midday today. Get texting on that. Great response to apprenticeships versus going to college. Uh, I didn't get to all of those texts, but here's another selection of them. I wasn't book smart, Neil. I completed my electrical apprenticeship, traveled the world instead, made great money as an electrician. I settled back home my, bought my own home with money made working overseas. I'm now working in a permanent maintenance role in Cork on a very good salary. I 100% agree with Ken O'Connell, the electrician. Apprenticeships open an incredible amount of opportunities in life. And I would highly recommend it. So the fact that you weren't book smart didn't hold you back. My daughter's doing a hairdressing apprenticeship. She went on work experience to see the beauty side, but ended up loving hairdressing. She'll be 20 soon and is hoping to to qualify this year. She had some exams done before she finished school. Her training is first class in a salon and outside trainers are brought in to help. But the amount of negative comments from people for not going to college was absolutely unreal. I think your daughter will have the last laugh. Very, very good hairdressers can can uh, can control and dictate their own salary. I, I was told I have to go to college when I finished my leaving cert. I wasted three years in and out of college courses. I'm now in my late 20s working in a minimum wage job in a call centre. Uh, this guy needs to be heard, the likes of Ken, so people don't make the same mistakes as me. Right, okay, you've made a mistake, you think. What are you going to do about it? What changes are you going to make now to reverse that and back yourself out of the job that you're not happy in? It's never too late and perhaps an apprenticeship might be a way to go. I mean, Ken was telling me there's apprenticeships starting with people in their 60s. 
Um, it's never too late to do anything, incidentally. It doesn't necessarily mean that 60s is the cutoff point. Apprentices were treated very badly by the government during the pandemic. Anyone who had started an apprenticeship before the pandemic had to have their trade extended by a year because they couldn't go to their college release. My son is in his fourth year as an electrical apprenticeship. He's back at college at the moment and is only in college two days a week and remotely three days. I can't see why they couldn't have sent testers out to the sites and do theory part online. They added an extra year, you see, onto apprenticeships because of COVID. My son's a second year apprentice plumber. He absolutely loves it. He's on great money already as he is a very, he's with a very reputable company who look after him, train him and pay him well. They really look after him. I have two kids attending college, but I always knew he'd end up doing something with his hands, even though he could have went to college, but that wasn't his choice. Love the show. I love it when you big up the trades. I big up the trades because I don't want I don't want people to miss the opportunity to get involved in the trades. Young people, you'll have a fantastic career. You'll be hugely sought after. You'll make loads of money. You'll travel the world. You'll always have cash. You'll probably end up buying your own house with a much less mortgage. That's some of the reasons that I big up the trades. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Um, Neil, BlackRock Clinic in Dublin do MRI scans for young children. It's private. My daughter had to go there a few times for scans last year while she was going through chemo, says Kim. Thank you, Kim. But how old was your daughter? I don't, I don't know whether the lads can put in a quick call to BlackRock Clinic and ask them, um, you know, how young they scan. But um, maybe you could give me an indication as to how young your daughter was. I have two boys with autism. She's bang on about the weight being two and a half years. A specialist has to come down from Dublin to do it, says Adrian. Like, okay, there's one thing about being, you know, pedi- pediatric lists or any lists being very long, two and a half years, if you're lucky, right? That's bad enough. But for him to have been in it, Going through it, waking up in it, being upset in it, having to be taken out of it, the MRI tunnel, and then to be told, sorry, uh, that's that now. Uh, back on the list you go, two and a half years if you're lucky. That makes no sense. I mean, if that was in private practice or if that was a private business or in the commercial world, it just wouldn't be tolerated. But apparently because it's public health system, we have to tolerate this kind of carry on. Whereas the response should be, Okay, that's unfortunate that happened. We're going to wait a few days. We're going to find a slot and we're going to do it again. It is urgent. We do need to do it. We need to find out what's going on inside in his head, in Jaden's head, and we'll revisit in a few days' time. I mean, it's just bizarre. It really is. Anyway, Jer, good morning. Good morning. All right, great stories on apprenticeships, and I wanted people to sit up and listen to the option of an apprenticeship. Tell me your own story. Well, um, I I did, at night, I did a course in CIT in... um, construction management I think five years to do it but I graduated in time for the recession when building firms were leaving off people and can you, so do, I, can you tell me what like can any I'd be careful to ask your name as to why, what age you were when you decided to make this change uh, my, my name is Ger. Um I oh, let's see 2000 I guess I was around 50 okay uh, I, I, I did a degree course because I, after I had divorced and separated and I, I suppose I was looking for something, a new direction. And what were you working at up to then? I was in sales. I had no connection whatsoever with building, but it it was just something that I had an interest in. First, I decided to do a one-year course in St. John's College in um, Sawmill Street, and then I did the three-year search in CIT. It was a a diploma, and then I decided I might as well go on and do the two years. Now, I'm glad I did a degree for 
a number of reasons, but I actually, in retrospect, I would have preferred to have spent that time doing um, an apprenticeship. But did you get around to doing apprenticeships and did you get around to working with companies? No, I never did. As I said, I I was 50 when I graduated. That was the recession. And I I, I just, it didn't occur to me at the time that I could actually do an apprenticeship at that age. And what would you have done as an apprenticeship in? I think probably carpentry. I like working with my hands. and um, So why don't you do it? I'm 65 now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm definitely too old. What, you'd be too old to be a carpenter at 60, you think? I'm 65 now. Yeah, oh, 65 now. So you'd be too old to be a carpenter yeah. at 70. <laughs> like Michael An- Michelangelo was still knocking chips off, um, off, off blocks of granite and he was well into his 90s. That that's true, but you look. I I know very well as a person who tried to get out of it. It's extremely difficult to get work when you're older oh, and if right. you've any degree of experience. Yeah. I I understand reasons why people will be reluctant. So I I won't say it's ageism. I, I'm pragmatic about things. But like is that. it? But is it ageism though? I mean, are you saying that somebody oh, who hits, definitely are you saying look, that somebody who's fifty or fifty five with a lot of maturity and a lot of life skills and work skills doesn't get a look in? True, I, I'm quite fit for my age, but you know, I, a lot of people working construction in their late 50s, a lifetime of hard work, physical work has taken a, a toll on them. Well, that's, some, of, some of the trades are very, very difficult. Uh, well, I know that, I accept that, yeah, you know. it wouldn't be for everybody as you're knocking on a bit, but I'm just talking about in general terms applying for jobs, do you think that there is a cut-off age that, that employers always bear in mind. I mean, they're always looking for what? A 30-year-old, is it? What are they looking for? Oh, there is. I, I remember one guy, I, I had applied for work. I was unemployed. I applied for work as a general operative in, the, in a factory and the guy was honest enough to tell me, look, you're, you're overqualified. We're, we're not going to train people who might be stacking up businesses to, to um, compete against us. Oh, he I, was I afraid that, he was afraid that they'd be... He was afraid that they'd be training you up for you to learn the trade and start your own business, is it? That's right. And it's a lot of employers won't say it, but they won't take people who are overqualified for a number of reasons. All right. Okay. Okay. So what, what do you do now? Are you still working? <laughs> no, I, I guess I'm semi-retired. I spend most of my time developing an urban garden and the housing estate where I live. So I, that's almost best full time. What's that about? Tell me a little bit about that. What do you mean by well, an urban? There was maybe two or three hundred yards of rough ground on the edge of the estate next to the road, and it was becoming a dumping area. So it must be five years ago. I, I I started making a small bit of garden. And now it's extended the full tour 300 metres. So. And the council didn't try and stop you or anything? No, the RSA didn't come along and say, stop it, get away. Well, when I started, it was actually the property of the builder. And about five years ago, we, we were told that the count, city council had taken the estate over. So I thought I was working on public land. But now we've discovered actually the city council haven't taken it over at all. Right. So I've been working for the builder. He's probably happy you. out. And where is this, this urban garden? It's Mount Oval in, in North. Oh, it's a beautiful part of the world. And yeah, what have you got yeah. in there? Is it flowers or shrubs or trees? Oh, flowers. Or? Oh, yeah, almost entirely flowers. I, I particularly like growing flowers that are attracted to butterflies and bees. So, <laughs> yeah. The residents of Mount Oval must love you, do they? They do. <laughs> they do, actually, yes. <laughs> Some of them probably think I've stopped graving my head. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Any photographs of the work you've done? 
yeah, I have a few on. on I can I can send them. Oh, please send do. I'd later. love to see them because we're into spring now, and I see you're getting a lot of colour. Are you? Well, it's for yeah, yeah. But it's for one day last summer, I was inside in the loo and I heard a knock on the door, and I walked out grumpy and cranky to find the man and woman from the estate give with an, an award to give me. <laughs> I love it. I was so embarrassed. Jurors Urban, like. <laughs> Urban Garden in Mount Oval. Fair play. Bang me on a couple of photographs of that, would you? I we really can share them. When, when I started this garden, I did. I was clean shaven. <laughs> now I have a beard that's about. It's been going since COVID, so it's, I look like the kind of person who would do that kind of thing. Yeah. Eccentric and yeah, completely yeah. off his game. <laughs> Like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> exactly. We need people like you in the world, Green Finger Jar. Look after yourself. Give me in some photographs, will you? <laughs> well, when, when I die, I'm going to tell my son to get me created and they can spread the ashes to fertilize the flowers. There you go. You've it all planned out, in fairness to you. <laughs> exactly. It's lovely talking to you. I, I mean, if, if you've got any spare time, we've got some areas down where I live on the Douglas Road. <laughs> need a bit of work. I, I've actually got a queue of people who want to come. I yeah, but I mean, like, come on, you're my old pal now. We know each other well. I'll give you the trowel. I'll give no, you the shovel. No, no problem, sir. <laughs> Good luck. Take care. Thanks, bye. Everyone's got a story, you know, every single one of us. Uh, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Jim. Okay, just a fast one. Go for it. Are you in the trades? I am, I am, yeah. But I, I think the big problem that I see in the trade all the way through was like, it's okay for the likes of, you know, the cysts and all, you know, the teachers and all the big builders taking on and the SBA, for instance. But when it comes down to, we say, the, the, the plumber on his own in the van, the mechanic in the, in the shop, it's very hard for them to give a four-year apprenticeship solid. And it's even impossible to take a young plan because if they take the wrong young plan, they can't get rid of him. And a lot of them, they go, you know, are stuck with him then. And that's a big problem for guys in their own. And that's why you see plumbers on their own, electricians on their own, mechanics on their own. It's not that they haven't tried taking on the French system they have, it's just that they get the wrong guy. A single, op- guys- single operator business, a mechanic or a plumber or a carpenter, isn't able to take that kind of risk. Why doesn't the system allow to say, okay, I'll try you for three months and we'll see how it goes? Because force, no solace, uh, won't change their model. They're stuck in old boots and look, they go to their offices every day and it's not uncomfortable and they can write all this paperwork and documentation to say they're very successful look what we have 20,000 apprentices and all that but on the ground they will not come out and talk to the plumbers the electricians and, and the masons and the masters we'll tell them what's wrong we're telling them what's wrong but they're not listening and because they're not listening there's thousands of young guys out there not getting their trades okay what so, trade are you a plaster or what do you do? I'm the bricklayer coming through okay and would you would you have experience with that yourself where you got stuck with someone for a number of years? I, I turned up with all of apprentices. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm stuck with all of them for and they so no, I, I wouldn't give them a job. But anyway, but, <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah, we'd have seen that. And I've seen it even last year with guys that took out and other plumbers and young fellas, and they just wasn't, they might be smart enough for college or something, I'd not send them there, you know, but they definitely wasn't good enough for the trade. I know what uh, you're saying, and so they won't, they won't the list, yeah, yeah. So they're slow. They have to be good, they have to be smart, and you have to be, Good with your hands. There's a lot of stuff you need. And you want the personality as well. Don't come in. You can't come into the trade as a plumbing trade and come in dry. You know, you have to have some sort of personality. Don't meet people all the time. Oh, absolutely you do. You have to be a good communicator. And you have to be able to have the crack as well because, you know, you're working in close, close proximity with other people. So on that basis then, are apprentices finding it difficult to get places? Well, they are, they are in the single operator. 
Um, and I've written to Foss and Solace for years and years. They will not change the model. And as I said, there's models out there where the government take the apprentices, they are responsible for them, and they farm them out to the, uh, to the plumbers and the electricians. You can get them for two weeks, three weeks. If you like them, you hang on to them. And that's the model we need. We need Foss and Solace. Just look at the model, look what we need. Give us that pool of apprentices that we can come into and say we want an, uh, an electrician for three weeks, the first electrician, whatever the fall on with another electrician. And if he's good, they'd hang on to him. But asking any single operator to take the risk on four years of ending up with a, a Muppet or someone that just won't, can't adjust properly is wrong. All right, it's okay. Makes and it's not helping. The good guys out there, they want apprentices or they want to be an apprentice. This is stopping them yeah, I know it's a bottleneck. So yeah, they will not change the model. Okay, well, and what? they really, really have to have a look at what they're doing and and just change slightly or something to help the industry. All right, my man, thanks for that. Thanks for taking the call, Jim. Uh, makes perfect sense to me. Uh, that would be the smart option, and certainly needs to be looked at. Your thoughts are welcome on that, particularly if you're involved in the trades. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We're back after ten. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Good morning. It's 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Just another update with regards to Rivney in Kildare. And Trebogan, as I said, have given Rivney and the kids a gift of a four-night midweek break during the summer for herself and the children. So that's great news. Martin Delaney has a minibus hire company in Glanmire. And he's been in touch this morning saying that Martin Delaney from Glanmire will collect Rivney and her family from Kildare in the summer at uh, the dates that are organised at their home and will bring them to Trebogan and will bring them back home again at the end of their break in his minibus free of charge. So Martin Delaney, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. The kindness of Cork people blows me away time after time after time. And it shouldn't really. I should take it for granted at this stage, but I never do. So lovely. Thank you all for being on board on that. And for those that are donating on iDonate. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday, uh, and we have our first bunch of shout outs for you, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Today's the last day of our Oak Fire Pizza. We have new food for you next week, but today is six large pieces, pizzas with all of the sides. So it'll feed 15 of you. Uh, morning to everybody at Cork Hygiene Limited on Sarsfields Road, the Brothers of Charity Day Service staff, everybody at BJ Automation in Ballinhasic, Munster Garden Sheds, doTERRA in Blarney. Not sure what you do, but Morning to all the same Orla and all of the staff. Claro Pharmacy and Claro itself. Bridgewater Homes in Blackrock. Everybody at Joe Crowley Oils listening this morning. Listen to Brain Engineering in Mitchellstown. Listen every day. Caller Gas in Tivoli would feed all the lads, especially Kevin who loves his pizza. Blockwall Developments in Ballinglenna. Everybody at Mallow General Hospital. Carries Tools in Ducloin. Altonan moving in storage in Ovens. ERA Downey McCarthy on the South Mall. The Bookstation in Douglas. Expert Attic Conversions are listening in Carrick Tool. And just another a few O'Donovan Life Pharmacies in Balafihan and they'd share uh, the pizza with businesses nearby. Cloyne Veterinary Clinic, the cardiologist the cardiologist clinic of Conor O'Shea and all of the secretaries on the Lee Road, EBO Home Rescue and BCE Consulting Engineers in the Marina, Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire and finally Wise Tech in Glanmire who have long day shifts and are working until 7 and would love pizza. So keep those texts coming. Text who you are and where you are to 086 8104106 and I will do the next bunch of shout outs at about 10 minutes to 11 this morning. Now, a lot of texts from yesterday and indeed the day before and I want to catch up with all of those but as always, mad keen to get as many calls on the air 
as is possible. Joe! Good morning, my Here friend. Here he is, it's ladies and gentlemen. How are you? I'm flying by one of Cork's greatest men, and I mean that well, thank sincerely. You very much. And, you're trotting behind me. And I am. I'm only second to you. And, only, and, and 40 years ago, some misfortunate hairdresser took you on as an apprentice, I'm told. Who was it? Longer, very longer. Um, I worked in Dublin, and I trained in, I did a course in Aidan Fitzgerald's in Blackrock in Dublin about... I was only 16 or 17. So why, did you saw, why did you decide at that age, 16 or 17, that hairdressing was for you? Well, first of all, my mother taught me I'd go to continue school and go on and maybe inherit the house at home and look after them and marry the local neighbour's daughter across the road and have seven kids. But you weren't looking at the but daughters so at all, you were I, looking at the sons, of course. Yeah. Looking, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I was looking at then, but I knew... I knew <laughs> you weren't quite sure then, I suppose, Joe, yeah. <laughs> I had an idea, but as you know, back then, that's another story, that'd be a whole show. Yeah. Anyway, Nate, they nearly died when I said I wanted to be hairdresser, because all my brothers would be um, builders and the whole lot, and I'm the youngest of seven, or six boys, and I was younger seven. Were you under pressure? First pressure altogether. My mother um, said, no way was I leaving school, no way was I going to be hairdresser. And I was brought up in Ballinale, so a little village in, in Tipperary, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just leave them on, to, like the Waltons. Yeah. And um, off to Dublin I go, up to Aden for Charles. So you didn't you myself. didn't go with their blessing, Joseph, no? No, no. I went out to get a few tatters for my brothers <laughs> to cop myself on. And you know, Neil, for years afterwards, my brothers, brothers was always introduced me as a barber. <laughs> you know, if I was in the pub now, especially over England, and what do you do, Jordan, in Ireland? Oh, oh he's a barber. Said, Excuse me, I'm not. I'm a hairstyle. I was my cock viewer. I had this all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be playing with the women's hair and trying to bar my brothers. I forgot to to cock yourself on. So, you should, be inside the, you should be inside in the comedy club, not talking to me, but and go on anyway. That, and you know, there are two stories. That's the mad thing about it. <laughs> they're actually all true stories. So I went home one time on a train up in Dublin. With um, a lemon jacket, right? A white shirt, lemon shoes, white trousers, lemon socks, and blonde hair. Back into Ballinale, when the brightest thing there was brown. My, and I went to Mass, right? Years ago, the, the front seat in the, in the church were kept for them, the big farmers and all that, you yeah. know, people with the money. Yeah. Up spread on the way, up to the front seat, up for communion and everything. My poor mother and my brothers were mortified. You were a rebel with the I, cause, weren't you? I was like the brightest thing in the country. <laughs> But anyway, but my, my point is, I went off, loved it, and very, you know, it was tough at the time, because the money at that stage was, was pretty slow, but, like, I got loads of tips. But I'd never look back, never, ever, and never out of work. How did that apprenticeship you know I mean? work? I mean, there, there's college involved and placement and things, is there? I know, there's college, is a bit of, bit of, see, everything is college now. You could go to college now for anything at all. Yeah. Years ago, college was, you know, we went up to Trinity, UCC, and that was college. Now we have college for everything. Well, it was the chosen few back in our day. And I mean, I know oh, that yeah. in the Mon way back in the day, maybe two or three percent max went to college. It was oh, yeah, should we? They'd never gone to college. And they were usually in the AG, I think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the yeah. College of Life. Yeah. That's what we went to. Yeah. And yeah. we trained, you know what I mean? I had 16 years of age, so I was walking. I never, I'd never not walking since. But if girls come in here now, they can come in after their leaving search. They can train. They're better off to train on the floor anyway, Neil, I think. You know what I mean? I trained. Oh, yeah. I trained, I trained cleaning out tiles, being a gopher for the first 12 months and watching and... Brushing you know, the hair up off the floor. I was like Cinderella. I was like, you know, constantly running around for everybody and even not let wash hair for a while. But to the best training, 
And is that tra- is that training still is it still is it still the same way or would young people kind of get odd about having to do those kind of menial tasks as they would call oh, them? Maybe? Some would, yeah. Some would actually um, stand in the middle of the hair and look at the at the bush, not know what is far. But seriously, would you be indignant about being asked to do that? I'm here oh, to. Totally, yeah. I'm a stylist. I don't do that. But sorry, you're here. You're a team player. We do everything, and that's how we do work. You know, I do, and the girls do. I do. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're running by example, yeah. But yeah. Either, yeah, but but definitely, you, you could have someone coming in there and say, oh, I'm 12 months now, I'm in the college of hairdressers and I'm qualified. No, no, you have to be, you have to walk on the floor, you have to talk to people. It's not just doing hair, you've got to know how to handle people, how to talk to people, how to deal with people, you know what I mean? Someone where I'd say to the girl, one of the girls, smile, I'm at a performance field, you know what I mean? <laughs> how do you respond to that one? Exactly, yeah. But like, in my society, to be performing like mad, but it's natural for me because I love it, you know what I mean? But some will come in. But people say, oh wouldn't go God. back a second time to a grumpy hairdresser, like, so they wouldn't. They wouldn't. No, see, there's more to being a hairdresser than just being a good stylist. You have to have a personality and you have to have a way with people and you have to be compassionate about yeah. empathy and all that because yeah. you hear everything in our Sometimes it's like a confessional box, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I know when women are pregnant for the husband. <laughs> I know they're having an affair. You know, know what I mean? <laughs> I actually think I know when they're pregnant before they even know. Do you know what I mean? Do you know when, do you know when women are pregnant from an affair? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, God almighty, <laughs> we just but, but But years ago, like, oh, he, you know, he's trained to be hairdressed. So, like, you're kind of looking down your nose. Now it's a brilliant profession. It's a fun, you know, you can travel the world, so you can do anything. I have to say, over the last few before. days, I'm learning that many people are still looking down their noses as a trade option for their son or daughter, and they're mental. Mental, because Neil, you can't get, I can't get a painter now. We're looking for a painter, can't get him for another two months. Yeah, or try, and, you know, they're yeah. not cheap. Same with electrician, same with anything like that. Anything. Um, yeah, try and get wardrobes made or fitted. I got them eventually done. Try and get a dormer window put in. Try and get an electrician, a plumber. You'll know all about it then. Absolutely, Neil, yeah. So, I, you know, personally, I think anybody looking down at anything like that are ignorant and stupid because you're giving years doing law in college and yet they're still working in restaurants and things like that. You know, they're not even getting proper jobs doing that. I know more people have degrees and God knows what, and they're still not doing that act, actual job after five years. I've yeah. never doing that. I've never seen that. Well, some in law say that law is oversaturated, and others are saying that even barristers now coming out can't get work. Totally, and I have a neighbour now in England. He did criminology, and he's working in a in a, a read and write store. You know, one of those places. But you won't find a plumber sitting on his hands or her hands. You not, no, yeah. no. And you said you won't find a hairdresser sitting on his hands. Although I'm lying on a couch here now. Do not know lying on one of the beauty couches and one of the spare rooms. Look yeah. You want to get off your ass. It's Friday morning. It's your no, business I need, day. I need to get a bit of Botox and I need to get around my ears trimmed because I'm... I'm, I'm um, <laughs> it's very hard me getting old. I feel I'm getting old. Do you know that? Are you chasing the Botox now you are? Oh, yeah, Botox is fabulous. I'm recommending it to all my customers. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes when you do the hair, Neil, they're still looking at the hair. I don't know, there's something wrong. It's in the hair at all. <laughs> so, you know, you could do it a bit of Botox. <laughs> I there's, so much I can, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. All the masks are great, though, Neil. The, the masks are hiding loads. No oh, more masks now from Monday. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to land when we see people next week. <laughs> 
Neil, I missed talking to you. You know that. So look, please God, we'll talk again. Have a great weekend. Good luck to you. Mind Cheers, yourself. Joe. Take Mind care. Joe's Hair Salon on the Glasheen Road. If you want to be looked after and have a good laugh as well, check him out. Book an appointment. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red housing, FM. Housing and health, lads. And as Shen Feng calls it, generation rent. I was chatting yesterday about this. I didn't get an opportunity to play a clip that I downloaded from the night before. It shows how the temperature continues to be dialed up in the door between Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. I don't know whether they ever would think of coalition. Um, I don't know whether they have a lot in common or not. I think they probably would. In fact, all political parties have a lot in common in this country, it seems, because they all seem the very same to me. But it certainly looks as if the heat's being dialed up in debates and certainly the narratives between them. Now, this is what we hear in the Dáil. They might get on like a house on fire in the Dáil bar or the Dáil restaurant or stuff like that. I don't know anything about that. Um, but an example of that was the recent spat. And, you know, if it wasn't so serious with regards to our health system and stories like five-year-old Jaden and another story I'm going to tell you in a few minutes' time of an 86-and-a-half-year-old woman called Teresa. But if it wasn't serious, you'd find it entertaining. Uh, so this is Hall and uh, Mary Lou going hammer and tongs. Um, this actually is more visual than audio, but it's radio, so I can't do the visual side of it. And it's your policy that's causing so much hardship to an entire generation of people that you have locked out of home ownership and who endure extortionate rents. That's on your watch, Tisha. Those, my friend, are the facts. You used the word corrupt there. Yes. You were the last party to talk to anybody about corruption because your party corrupted public life in this republic for well on 40 years to a far greater degree than any other party in this country. You corrupted the moral code of our country and our society by the murder and mayhem that you perpetrated and that you still endorse, Deputy. You still endorse it. You still support the, the narrative of murder and mayhem and so forth. And you also support... Quiet, please. You also support the undermining of women... Pathetic. ...who were raped by IRA volunteers you and your party covered it up. So do not, do not come into this house and lead with your chin, telling everybody else or telling this party that we were corrupt. We had faults and flaws, no doubt about it. But we faced up to it. We never ever attempt, as you do consistently, you consistently try and rewrite the narrative and bury the truth about the, the level of corruption that your party engaged in down for years. to come to the housing issue, what you're good at, you're good at rewriting narratives, of spinning. But this is about, in terms of Dublin City Council, we've allowed City Councils to engage with partners to get housing developed, to get mixed tenure, to get private, affordable and social What's houses built. What's your response built. to Bartra? We are doing that. You don't have one. And, 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 and in addition to that, we have provided, and you don't like the truth, four billion. Four billion we are going to provide year by year. And I think you need to start answering some questions now. So how are you going to double? How are you really going to double housing output? You keep saying things. They're just sort of 
slogans that you articulate from time to time, but there's no meat behind it, no flesh on the bone, no reality behind what you do. You can wave all you like, Deputy, but it doesn't hide the truth. Yeah, Mial Martin's clearly frustrated and exasperated there. That actually had to do with the cuckoo funds who are now building housing estates that are then being bought when they're built by cuckoo funds by councils. Um, and what, what I find astonishing about that is this bickering. This is in the doll. This is in Leinster House where they're supposed to be working to help the people, right? We talk about health and we talk about housing. We talk about generation rent and what have you. What would be so wrong if they all just came together cross party and worked together to try and fix what needs fixing? We're not short of money. But we're certainly short of togetherness, you know. People are suffering. And this is the kind of bickering and cross-party. You, it's, I nearly called it banter. It's far from banter. A lot of it is vicious a lot of the times. Why not just all get their heads down together as one, you know, and just work in unison to fix this rather than... Like, that's like that's like the play area for a children's birthday party inside a McDonald's, you know. Anyway, uh, that's just my thoughts on it. Yours are welcome. Text 0868104106. And so back to the real life, whether it's Jaden at the age of five being told you'll have to wait at least another two and a half years before you can go back into the MRI tunnel to see what the hell is going on in your small brain. And if it wasn't bad enough uh, four or five weeks ago when we drilled into autism services, I want to talk to Teresa O'Mahony, who wrote to me during the week uh, about an experience that she had. She's 86 and a half years old. Uh, and in spite of some medical conditions, which she outlines in her, in her letter to me, um, she is not complaining about those. In fact, she says she copes reasonably well with them. She joins me by phone. Teresa, good morning. Uh, hang on a second. Let me just get the proper line here. Teresa, can you hear me now? I can. Yes. Good morning Neil. to you. And thank yes, you. So- thank you for thank you for having me on your show. It's my pleasure. I'm trying to put all this behind me, but I'm finding it very difficult. Okay, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know because yeah. you have you have your challenges, as you said to me, uh, with regards to limited mo- mobility, diverticulitis blood pressure issues. I think you have. Have you got sight issues as well? And severe uh, macular degeneration, and that's that's. That's very severe, you know, that I can hardly see. Like, I'm, I know. I'm in the National Council for the Blind. I'm yeah. registered in with them. Okay. Now, I'm a retired nurse myself, so I do understand, like, the problems that people do have in okay. hospitals, you know, and overcrowded. I, 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 I understand all that. Okay. Okay. So you're partially sighted, registered with the Council for the Blind. You have severe arthritis. You have two artificial knees. You have one shoulder that needs replacing, limited mobility. But at the same time, you say um, that you cope very well with these issues. So in fairness to you, you're putting, you're putting the brave face on that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've coped for years with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Saturday, the 5th of February, you fell. I did. Okay. Okay. You didn't do anything about it for a couple of days because you said you were no. coping all right. But on the Monday... I was coping very well. On the Monday, then I had a pain in my side and my nephew came in and we were talking about it. I was thinking of going to the GP and he was saying, well, you'd need an X-ray anyway and things you'd be better off going straight into the regional. Okay. So I did that. Okay, you And went he in. came with me. So on the Monday, you went into the A&D and arrived there at 10 a.m., in pain. Yeah, well, because between 10 and 11, I wouldn't be too sure. Yeah. And he couldn't go in with you. So at that stage, no. with very no. limited sight. That's um, right, yeah. Uh, so I to- told the lady at the reception that when my number came up, I probably won't see it. I said, oh, she said, no problem. She said, I'll tell you. So I sat there and 
it was another patient that was waiting that came back and told me when the number was up. So I went in then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you went in all right, but it seems from your letter to me that very little was ever done for a long, long time. Tell me about the rest of that day. Well, you see, I went in and I had routine things done. I had a urine test done. I had an X-ray done, a chest X-ray. I had an ECG done, and I had blood tests done. So, um, but I waited on and on. The doctor came and he told me that I needed to be in hospital. This was before I think I had the test done. Yeah. So I told him I had a little dog at home and I'd need to go home and that I'd sleep much better at home, that I prefer really to go home. So he said, no, no I needed to be in hospital. So I, 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 I was very reluctant about staying. So he said again that I needed to be in. So because you only had the clothes on your back as well as everything else. Oh, that's all, yeah. yeah. No drinks or anything like that, no, no clothes or anything with me. So, like, I wasn't prepared to stay at all. So, they said they'd go waiting and that they'd come back and see, uh, would I make up my mind? So, then I decided to stay because I did have a kind of a, a problem with low blood pressure. And I was thinking that maybe that might be checked out as well. Yeah that yeah. I'd better stay. So yeah. I decided very reluctantly to stay in the hospital. So I rang my niece and she came in with my clothes and things and she wasn't allowed in either. That was going on into the night this time. So, so uh, yeah, because you're kind of jumping ahead. So the, your niece said that she'd bring in a bag for you and also look after the dog. So that got into That's you right. eventually. But you had, a, you had the routine test done. But... Um, when I pick up the letter, then you're saying at about six o'clock, you were still sitting in the same chair with no food, no drink. Did did you not even get water, no? Well, I got no water. No, there was a, a trolley came around once, I think, and he had sandwiches and tea. And the sandwiches were all wrapped up and I had very limited mobility with the shoulders, like if I stoop or things like that, you know? Yeah. Um. So I decided... I had nowhere to put the cup and the sandwiches. I had no table or chair or anything in front of me where I could put them. So it was a small coffee container, like there was no handle in it. And this uh, container that the tea was in and the tea was cold, was about half, over half full. So I decided I'd have to put that on the floor and that I'd try and open the sandwiches. Because they were wrapped so up. You can't see. You can't see the sandwich, like, can you not? Well, I could see it all right. I could see the sandwich, but like I had to unwrap it. But I need two hands to unwrap the sandwich. Okay. If I was to hold it in one, I'd have to take the wrapping off with the other yeah. hand. Yeah. So I had to do that. And so I put the tea on the ground. But then I couldn't reach the tea when I went to reach for it. I found it very, very difficult. I think I got it up once to take a sip out of it and it was cold. So... I had to put it back down again, so I had a bit of the sandwich, so that was better. So, were you? Were you? You said that there was a very bad breeze blowing around you, and there was. Oh, well, that was out in the night. No, from about I don't know what time it was, but there was a breeze blowing in all night. So how? So I you're still. So you have the sandwich at about what time? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I was getting disoriented for time this time. I'd say. Well, well, <laughs> like you, know, you went in at ten. You, you went in in ten in the morning. You were still yeah, in the same place at three so, or four. It's three or four in the morning. Three, maybe 
No, no, this was uh, that day. Okay. I had a sandwich that day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you had that, but yeah. but but it says there was a. Breeze I had no water. Then I had to go looking for water because I was beginning to get dehydrated out in the night. So. What time I, was that I, at? Uh, <laughs> I was for around one o'clock, twelve o'clock, one like out in the night there. And yeah. that's still in the same seat. Oh yeah. The okay. only time I came out of the seat was when I was having the chest X-ray done and the ECG and think I was only out about 10 minutes each time. Okay, like. okay. Yeah, I was still in the same seat all night. Like, I never changed the seat. Like, I always came back to the seat. Is that a hard chair? N- oh, yeah. It was very hard. No, it was plastic, kind of heavy plastic, like. And there was two arms on it, but that's all, like. There was no table or trolley or anything, nowhere to put anything. My niece brought in the clothes and she, and the dog was looked after, but like, I had nowhere, like the bag of clothes alongside of me, like. Were you cold? On the floor. No, I wasn't cold at all. I didn't feel cold, but I felt very uncomfortable and, you know, I, I was very uncomfortable on the chair. Like, I used to get up now and again and walk around. It was only a small area, so I was walking up and down. There was other patients in and out there, but they were moving like they, they weren't the same people all night. Yeah, like. yeah, different people were coming and going, but yeah, you were there. there was five, like, there was five of us there. There was three chairs at one side and there was two at the other side. You must have been wondering at three or four in the morning if they asked you to stay in hospital, why they didn't put you in a ward in a bed. <laughs> I was hoping that God would nearly take me out before long more. The nurse came and she told me she had a nice place inside where I could lie down. I was delighted with myself. And I, uh, I said, that would be lovely. I said, I'm still waiting for her to come back. She never came back. Why didn't she come back? She had told you she had Don't found know. some. Are they, that, know, are, yeah. they, are they run off their feet entirely that she just forgot? Well, well, I, I didn't see anyone very busy there, to be honest with you. But, like, I'm not very fussy, no, knee, Like, no. I'm uh, like a cup of tea, nice hot cup of tea, now with a cup with a handle and a slice of toast. And somehow to put it in front of me would have done me basic care, like, you know. I don't, I, I don't mean to sound ageist because you sound like a very able dealer, Teresa, but you are nearly 87 years old. I am, yeah, As I a am. Bit of, you know, and I'm not, saying, and had, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about that in a negative way, but a bit of respect, please, to our elders. Yes, you know, I mean, like, I found it very difficult, like, I mean, I very rarely, I'd say, I drink out of one of those things anyway. I'd nearly always have a cup with a handle on it, you know. So you spent the entire night, no nurse came back with the place to, so for I you went, to lie down? No, so I went looking then for, see, would I get a blanket? Did you, did you yeah, what, that was in the middle of the night, was it looking for the blanket? It was, yeah, it was around four or five, I'd say, in the morning. I was getting sore under me from the chair, I was sitting there on... I was sitting there from 11 o'clock the previous day, like, and now we're out till 4 or 5 in the in morning. The morning. So I asked her for a, a, a pillow, I said, or a cushion. I said, oh, it would do me. So she arrived back with a blanket. I'm not joking. No, Neil, it was like a sheet of iron. The blanket was so hard. I, I don't know how would you call it, a blanket, like. But anyway, I put it under me, see would it give me some relief. You were afraid that you thought the pressure sores were coming on. That's yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. 
you know, I've been there for so long, like, and Teresa, no I'd have got up, I'd have got up and I'd have gone home. Well, everyone is telling me that he's my nephew, my nephew, Steve, you know, and Siobhan, my niece, said the very same thing to me. They said, I'd write, but like, it was three or four o'clock and I didn't want to be disturbing everyone again, like, oh, there was sorry. children crying, then I could hear them quite plain, like, and when one would stop, the other one would start, you know, well, it wasn't their fault, like, they were in for treatment, too. But, um... You didn't get any wink of sleep, no? Oh, not sleep. My God, even if I was comfortable, I wouldn't have been too bad. Like, if I had a night or don't know, I would nearly have put it down the floor. I'd have wrapped myself up into it and I'd put it over my head so that it would block out the noise of the children crying. Like, it would have helped me a lot. Just a, a night or down or something like that I could lie down in. You know, to fully appreciate something like this, because it's horrific, the story you're telling, but to fully appreciate it, we would all have to go through what you went through to you really would, understand. You would. Yeah. It's very hard, and I find it very hard to put it behind me, and I hate annoying people telling him about it, but I do tell him, you know? Okay, so what happened uh, in the morning? So, uh, well, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I got a bit of breakfast, I think, sometime. Yeah. And they gave me the couple of tablets that I have going. I had a low thyroid as well, so I'm on L-Traxin for that. So I got those. I asked the nurse then what time would the doctor be around, so she said they'll be around at 11. So they arrived at 11. So I told them, I don't know, did they talk at all to me? I told them I'd be going home. So they said I'd have to wait for the prescription. It's 11 o'clock now, Tuesday morning night. So I told him I'd be better off in prison all night. So there was no response to that. So there I was left again, waiting for the... I rang Siobhan then to come in. So they told me not to ring her a while now because I'd be waiting. So I, I said, all right. So like I had to wait on... So it was 11 o'clock that time and 12 o'clock came and 1 o'clock came and 2 o'clock came and 3 o'clock came and 4 o'clock came. So a nurse came along and she said to wait down now in another room that would be quieter to be discharged. And I was wondering, I thought there was something wrong with me that they wanted to tell me something, that I was going down to the quieter room. So I, I went down anyway. I'd asked the nurse three or four times to ring for the prescription that I wanted to go home. Because you were told at 11 in the morning that you That's had to right. wait for a prescription. Uh, That's right. Five and a half hours later, you're still waiting yeah. just for that and piece asking, and of asking, paper. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay, okay. Five o'clock. So Siobhan came in. So then I was wondering then what was keep here. I couldn't find her. She wasn't coming down like... So I decided I'd ring her. So she, she I'm up here. She, she said, I'm up in accident and emergency. She, she, I'm down here. She said, I turned to the emergency room. So she told him above she was in the emergency room. So they said where she was was the emergency room and that I wasn't there. Like. So I, 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 I rang her after a while and I found her anyway, Neil. So I got home. Did you get the prescription? I did for the paper. <laughs> Sure. It's no good to me because, like, I have a lovely chemist here, and uh, Garrett Harrington, and they 
they, they're very understanding. If they rang them, they'd have that sent down to me in no time. Like, did they there was no up, need to wait for it. Like, did they pick up on the fact that because of the fall, you also had three broken ribs? Well, you know, I forgot I had a meal at this Did you not meal. feel pain in your ribs, Teresa? Well, I did, you see, but, you know, I, I don't take any painkillers, Neil. Why? I don't take any painkillers, but I have I have gel here, Fastenum gel. Uh, Dr. Sheena Finn, I go to her and she recommended that to okay, me some time okay, ago okay. for pain. So, like, I don't take any painkillers and I rub this on. So... Anyway, they never mentioned it. I think they asked me, all right, did I want painkillers? And I said, no, I think I was asked, yeah. So you were saying, so okay, but so no, there was never any mention of a ward or a bed or to help you with recovery or the fact that you had three broken ribs? There were, there no, were, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. I got a physiotherapist, sorry. And she was very good. You said that the physiotherapist... Um, was the yeah. only person who showed any concern for me. That's what, right. What do you mean she by was. that? She was lovely and she, uh, she, I went out to her and she wanted to know how I was getting on at home and everything and she showed me some breathing exercises to do and she gave me a thing to help me to do that and there was a, 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 a final year student with her. He was doing physiotherapy as well. He was doing his exams, I think, around now. I'm yeah. sure he's doing them. And um, they were lovely. They were very good, like, and very helpful. Now, she showed me how to do the breathing exercises to relieve pain and things like that, you know? I know, I know. So I found that very, very helpful. Like, so and Siobhan- she was very concerned about me. Yeah. yeah. Siobhan took you home then at that stage. You got your prescription. Siobhan took yeah. me home. Okay. Yeah. okay. You said in your letter to me, I think I was treated very badly. No consideration was given for my age and my very limited vision and mobility. I was left alone, given no medical attention overnight. I don't think it's good enough to put this experience down to the apartment being busy. There must be a basic level of care no matter how busy the place is. I think what I experienced was neglect and abuse. How does that make you feel as somebody who spent all of her life in the healthcare profession as a nurse? Oh, I felt very badly about it. I did. I did. I thought it was terrible. I still can't get over it like that is happening in this day and age. Like, you know, no care or no concern. I don't think anyone even asked me how I was. You know? I know. It's hard you know, I, I, I was, I, I was, it had an awful effect on me. I never, I didn't get over it, like, and I'm not over it yet, Neil, you know. I Did couldn't understand, like, how in this day and age that you couldn't have a trolley or something to put your cup on, somewhere to do something or, you know, even someone to ask someone. Even if I have a problem with the phone, like, no, and that sort of stuff. Because I of your of size, is it, like, Teresa? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And you, do, that, that should all have been picked up on, you know? That, that I know, you were 86 and a half years old, that you had a lot of uh, medical conditions, that you had problems with your sight, you know, that you'd had a fall, you know. I, I, yeah. I just despair that, you know, that you would go in at 10 o'clock in the morning and get out at 5 o'clock. Now, I know the tests were done, and in fairness, there was a lot of medical procedures done. They were done. done. Yeah. They were done, it's yeah. All, it's all the rest of it. It's, it just seems so inhumane and disrespectful 
to our elder That's generation, right. you know? That's right. I thought it was terrible. And the only reason I wrote to you, Neil, was that I said it to prevent another person from going through what I went through. But does it, though, Teresa? Because we, like yours is an horrific story, bearing in mind your age and everything. But does it make any difference? Well, I think they should do something about it, like. I mean, like, I didn't need a consultant to go away and make a cup of tea for me or a bit of toast or something like that. You don't need a qualified nurse to do that. A nurse's assistant would do that very well, you know? I mean, I didn't need professional care for the care I needed, you know? I didn't need a surgeon or someone to go away and get a pillow for me, to put under me, you know? Yeah. Those things, like, I didn't need... You know, and like I'm not a fussy person, Neil. But but, sir, but I know that. Person. But I, I do believe that consideration has to be given to you because of your age. Yes, well, well yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Now I'd have loved if someone came in even for about half an hour with me, like, or when they brought in the clothes to bring them in and give me. I had. Uh, the charger for the phone and things like that, like in the bag, you know. I know. There was a lot of little things I needed. I know, and you were funny. It would have been nice, like, yeah, if she were. was allowed in and, and sorted them out for me, like, you know. You were vulnerable. Until the bag of clothes went out as they came in. The only thing I did, I charged up the phone in case I needed, but there was another man there and he helped me to do that. Okay, so you had, did you manage to knock a bit of conversation out of some people? Did you anyone to chat with? No. 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 So people no. were in there with their own conditions and worries, I suppose. They were, and they were coming and going, as I said, and, you know, you see the chair was inside and this thing, I, I, I think there's some kind of a partition around that that they can pull down. If you had to go back into the Irish thing. health system again, or into the A&E again, would you? Well, I have no other alternative, Neil, you see, because with the private insurance, now I'm paying 150 euros a week tax as well on my pension. To VHI, as you pay money to VHI? No, I pay 150 a week income tax. On your pension, your state pension? I do, yeah, yeah. But you still have, but you still have VHI in spite of that, do you? I still have VHI in with that, yeah. But yeah. I have no medical card. I have a doctor's only card. Right, right, right. But you see, you can't go anywhere if you fall only to the regional hospital. I mean, if I went out now and I feel I have no other option only to go back in there, like. They're not it, going to take you in any of the other hospitals. I know. You know, but it must sadden you though that you spent sixty years nursing, and your experience of the Irish health system—sixty years nursing—is as bad as it is. Oh, you know? it's shocking, shocking. Yeah, I do really. I think it's sad, like, and then you can't recognise. You know what I mean? Long ago, we had uniforms and us like and things like that, and you know the staff nurse, and you know I was a ward sister myself for fifteen years before I left. Where did you nurse, Teresa? I was up in St. Anne's Psychiatric Nursing, I did. And were you always nursing in Cork? I was, yeah, all my life, yeah. Was it always psychiatric nursing? Always psychiatric. I did psychotherapy. I 
I was uh, 33 years in Old Ladies Hospital. I was a ward sister up in St. Anne's for 15 years. And I did private uh, psychiatric nursing down in Shanakeel Hospital. Oh, when that I was retired. very I went down part-time yeah. psychotherapy down there. That was private then, like, away from the health board. And at what age then did you retire? Well, I retired. I was only 52. And oh, then I worked ten. We uh, worked ten years. Then down with Dr. Michael Keller down in Shanakeel Hospital. Very challenging work. And did yeah, you? It was did very you? Challenging. And did, you know, I don't mean to pry. I'm just a nosy person. But did you? Did you settle down? Did you marry? Did you have children? No, I never married. But I have nephews and nieces, and they're very supportive to me. Yeah, they yeah. call like every day and everything yeah. to me. You know, and get whatever I want and take me yeah. wherever I want to go and all that sort of stuff like so I have good support like and when you were younger and I have a did little you, dog when you, when here. You, your little dog what's your dog's name Timmy <laughs> <laughs> Timmy the dog and everyone knows him you know Neil it's very funny because they all say hello to Timmy and they don't know me at all like. <laughs> that's something Balancolic you should take Timmy they for a walk around Balancolic <laughs> yeah they stop the cars and they look out and they say hello Timmy no talk about me like <laughs> <laughs> would you please say hello to Teresa lads next time you see that's Timmy that's right and, and they you- call me Tess they call me Tess at home. I'm known as Tess. I was known as Teresa when I was working. So I had to <laughs> Where were you born? Were you born in Cork as well? I was, yeah. I was. And what did your folks do? I mean, where where were they from? Uh, well, my mother my mother came from Balnasig. She was from Farlestone. She was Mary D.C. was her name. So... Uh, she they had a farm out there, but then she married my father, <laughs> and what? my father was my father worked for the county council, so uh, she was kind of evicted when she married him because she married beneath him. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, that <laughs> no, was the way of it, wasn't it? Did they well, not? Yeah. Did they not talk to her anymore after that? No, they didn't. That's true. Yeah. Are you joking yeah. me? I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm it's not, so hard I'm to believe joking. now, isn't it? She must have been it's very... very up- hard to believe. Well, she was, but, like, we broke a lot of barriers ourselves now when we were growing up, like, and we got through to some of them, you know? Yeah. Did so they make up in later life or anything? Well, they did. They made up with us, like, but, like, there was always a kind of a barrier there, like, you know? Because your mother, from an uh, from a farm... Affluent yeah. <laughs> family married beneath her, beneath her to That's a county right. council yeah. worker. Yeah, your poor mother. <laughs> yeah, I know she's. I know and she was a lovely woman. Actually, she was teaching for a while out in Ballyheda School. Oh my God! <laughs> and, and like she birthday- gave up. And birthdays would up. come and go, and Christmas would come and go, and also yeah, of- yeah, that's right. And she never mentioned them. How could people be so cold and cruel? Yeah, oh, it was very cruel. Like. And I, I had to go away. I never knew. I never knew I had an aunt. <laughs> the day she was dying. <laughs> your mother's sister. You knew nothing about yeah. your forefathers. Never knew. Never knew she had a sister. I knew she had a brother, but I never knew she had a sister. How, how, so I went the, what, did, you meet, did you meet her then when she was dying? I did. I did. I met the sister and she came. But the brother wouldn't come. Oh my yeah. God! It was deep rooted, um, you know. Oh, it was yeah, it was very deep rooted, it was. 
My family history. <laughs> My God Almighty. Everyone has But it, it always kind of affects you, you know, Neil. It kind of, um, you know, it, it always kind of, it's always there, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. There was awful divisions in society. We've broken a lot there of was. those barriers down, thank God. But we that have. was... God only knows. I mean, I, I know. I think every everyone's family or in laws would yeah. have a story like that. I know that our, our our family do as well. Very much like yeah. that, and it all goes back to the land and the fo- in the. It does, know, yeah, mean, the and, land, yeah. And mother yeah. of God, if you had a child out of wedlock back then, you were oh, sure, seriously, you were, finished. You were seriously. Well, like bad. she was very lucky that nothing ever happened. My father, and he was a great man. You know, he was wonderful. Now, to be honest, Richard. You couldn't find a better man. Of course, like, was. Of course was nothing, lovely, there yeah. was nothing wrong with that man. Who's going to fix our no. roads or build our walls or who's going to yeah. look after? And tell me, what, what you're sharp as a pin for someone who's nearly 87. What's the secret? I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now, Neil, I do on my own cooking and my shopping. Do you? And no, is, no, I yeah. do, yeah, and, and I just you, get what I want. And are you particular <laughs> about what you eat? Have you always been particular about what you eat? Well, I, I usually stick to about the three meals a day, and then I'd have a bit of fruit at night or something like that, you know? Would you make full but dinners, I'd have like? in the morning, or I'd have a full dinner every day. I'd have salmon out today, <laughs> and a bit of broccoli. <laughs> I know you're laughing, you know. A bit I'd of love, potatoes. I'd love salmon and broccoli and potatoes. <laughs> so you haven't got the meals and wheels coming in, no, or nothing like that? Oh, no one comes in near me at meal times. Like, I just go away and cook my own meals and I eat them and that's grand. And they come in between the meals, then, like, and we'd have a cup of there ourselves. Like, would you have a little glass of vino with the salmon? A fart? A glass of wine with your salmon, darn. Not at all. No, I don't drink at all. No, Neil. I used to drink before, all right. No, but I don't bother, no. You don't need it. <laughs> no, I don't need that. And when you were younger, like, did you travel away on your own? Did you see the world? Oh, did I you... did. Well, we used to go way out to the Canaries now and things like that, like during the winter. <laughs> to get a bit of <laughs> That's right. I hope I'll be doing the same as you if I live as long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm young at heart, like. You certainly you know? are young at heart. <laughs> and you're handy on the old computer, too. I will know. I will know. We're uh, not as good as now as what you think. I had to get my knees. Ah, don't be saying that. Don't be saying I rode it out. For, yeah, I'm fairly handy with that, but not great now because I can hardly see the screen. You know, the computer things in everything, like, I find them difficult to see, like. And have you, did you have a happy life? I did. I was very happy. Yeah. I was. Yeah. 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 Even it, as a child, like, we had a lovely, secure, happy childhood like you know and do you hope to see your, of us do you hope to see your family again in the next life oh I do I miss him I had one brother and I had two sisters yeah yeah and you're are you they're the, all gone yeah I'm the only one alive like yeah and you look forward to meeting them all again and you wonderful mom and dad yeah yeah they were they were very good like really very very sheltered you know upbringing like yeah, fantastic. Very secure, like you know. We didn't have much, no, like Neil, but we had enough, you know. <laughs> That's the problem you see these days. People just yeah. can't get enough. Yeah, you know, you no, know, no. We had we, we he he was a great man for the house, like, and heat and things like that. No, you know, 
like other things that didn't bother him, you know. And, and you're okay for everything? You're hale and hearty? Well, I know you're not 100% with, you know, medical conditions. I know. I feel good, like. But you're not yeah. in need of anything. You're you're okay for oh, everything? Oh, no. Yeah. No, you're, I am. You're okay I with am. coal and blocks and the... Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, they all look after me. Stephen there brings the blocks and... And all that sort of stuff, like... And the shopping and everything, no bother? And the shopping, he takes me shopping as well. Okay, You know, okay. so... Uh, well, and then my niece calls nearly every day as well, so, like, I'm well looked after. <laughs> I'm delighted to hear it. Listen, and they're at the end of a phone, like... Yeah, I know. Of course, yeah, people are very kind, and you get out with Timmy the dog. lovely talking to you. I know, it's my pleasure, and I know that aspects of it were sad and actually quite disgraceful, but it's lovely to talk about other aspects of your life as well, Tess. You don't mind me ah, calling yes. you Tess, do you? Yeah, oh, that's lovely. I do. I love the name Tess because I never knew I had a second name till I was nursing, you know. And they told me I'd have to use the name on my birth set. Sure, I didn't know what was on my birth set. Right? My mother said, oh, you never told me I had a second name. And what's the second name? <laughs> there was no second name, only that they called me Tess. Oh, yeah, because there was another Teresa, was it? <laughs> yeah. Teresa was on the best cert. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, it's lovely. And you see with the you. people I worked, the people I worked with. Now they call me Teresa. That's how I know who's there. Like I know then when I work with them now because I may not recognise their faces oh, with the macular yeah, degeneration. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the symptoms of it that you don't recognise people's faces. Like you'll know who's who whether they call you Tess or Teresa that's right, that's right. It's not, yeah 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 yeah. we don't I don't know who anyone is these days because they all have masks on you know that's the problem oh yes they'll be taking them off now next week well one half of the road here know me as Tess and the other half know me as Teresa <laughs> well I'm going to know you as Teresa I'd love if you I'd love if you would stay in touch from time to time yeah, I'll probably give you, but I hope I won't be in touch about the reason. No, not, not that. Thank you for sharing that story. But, it, you know, in spite of all of that and the awful situation that you found yourself in, um, look after yourself and it's lovely chatting with you. Thank you very much, Neil, and thank you for listening. You're welcome. And put it out there. And yeah, I hope anyone else. I hope anyone else don't have to go through anything like that anyway again. Thanks you for know? sharing. It may make Still a difference. Old. Yeah, it may make yeah. a difference. All right, Tess. In regards to the Thanks. other tea in your life, say hi to Timmy. All right. <laughs> no, Timmy, he's here alongside me. <laughs> <laughs> Fine and relaxed for himself. Thanks very much, Neil. God Thank bless. you. Look Lovely speaking to you. Bye-bye, Thank you. Bye-bye now. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Lines are open at one eight fifty one zero. Sorry, I keep on getting the numbers. You'd think I'd know at this stage, wouldn't you? Our brand new phone number, 0818104106. You can text, and a lot of people are texting, which is fantastic because they're just as appalled as I am to the story that we had there from um, from Tess. Um, and I'll get back to those texts on 0868104106. Free Food Friday, batch number two for you of shout-outs. Now, to everybody at Bandon Golf Club in Castle Road, Bandon, for all the hard-working green keepers, especially Adrian, everybody at Salto Gymnastics Club in Middleton. Keep your texts coming to all of the gang at uh, uh, John Murphy and the crew working in Dean Civils. 
Uh, everybody at Twilight News, Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station, Henderson Motor Services are listening in the Marina Commercial Park. Trevor Toolhire are always listening on the Victoria Road. The three Ward sisters in the Matter Private. Morning to you, O'Leary and O'Sullivan Developments in White's Cross are working hard. Morning to Coleman. To everybody at Transport, Ballyvalan, bunch of hungry lads. Stanta in Blackpool, Joe's Edge Hair Selling, KGW Motors in Middleton, the Sales and Events Office in Rochester Park Hotel. And what's interesting about that text is they say, the Sales and Events Office of the hotel have been up the walls since restrictions were lifted, which is great, great news. So I was down um, in um, Cove last night doing Cove Strictly Comes Dancing. It was a fantastic night. What a turnout. Two sold out nights last night and tonight and all of the proceeds going to uh, Cove Community Hospital. But the hotel was absolutely buzzing. It was just great to see people back. Everybody UCC Balancholic Campus who were listening, the Department of Social Protection on Abbey Street. Morning to all of you. Um, that was sent in by uh, Annette McCarthy's husband, Graham, who says he's a lucky husband. Everybody at the maintenance department of Trebolgan getting ready for the upcoming season. Clancy Builders on the Bandon Road. Uh, and also to everybody at CDYS Middleton Youth Services and to Pat and all of the gang in Blarney with Niall and Paul and the rest of the lads at Kevin McAllen's Building Services and everybody at Cork Distribution in Little Island. So I'll do one more batch of shout outs around about 20 minutes to midday. So you need to text who you are and where you are. Uh, to 0868104106 lots of pizza to be won every Friday I try and do a stop down and talk to somebody on Leaside who's doing well for themselves you know somebody that we should be very proud of and recently I was doing a lot of reading and listening to Lyra now to mention what she has done so far in her career would take me half the morning yeah, her music is absolutely incredible and her success following the start of her career has been absolutely phenomenal right across the world I'm going to chat with her in a couple of seconds time here's one of the songs though that started it all And just giving it socks. Lyra joins me by phone. Good morning. Hello, how are you? I'm great. Have you any idea how talented you are at all? No, but I did enjoy listening to that because oh. I haven't heard that song in ages. I don't listen to myself, obviously, it's a bit awkward. So I was like, oh, yeah, bopping along on hold. <laughs> I love it because I turned the headphones right up for that. I have to turn them down a bit, actually. It has to be listened to loud, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, like myself, loud and proud. <laughs> But it's just been phenomenal, hasn't it? It's been a roller coaster ride. I know COVID kind of put a pause on everything, but leading up to that, I was just looking at it. Teen Wolf X Factor, The Only Way Is Essex used it. Polydor signed you. Universal signed you. Grey's Anatomy picked up on you. Love Island picked up on you. Four weddings and a funeral. You must pinch yourself time to time, do you? Yeah, it is cool. You kind of forget about it all because, like, I don't know, it, it just doesn't, like, seep in. And then when people say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did really do all that. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Where did it all come from? I mean, it was really. Tell me about the multi instrumentalist part of your life. What do you play? Well, actually, so I play like a lot of things, but not very well. <laughs> like, I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Like, somebody wrote in my PR thing ages ago this multi instrumentalist thing and stacked it out into the universe. And now everyone's like, so. And I'm like, I play a good few things, but not well. So, like, a bit of guitar, a bit of piano, the drums, the bow on. They're kind of like 
my vibe. It's enough to be good. It's enough. I mean, Kate Bush springs to mind. Enya springs to mind. Amy Winehouse. I mean, are they influences? But at the same time, it's 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 new music to me as well. Not notwithstanding your powerful physical presence. Yeah, like definitely, Enya has been a massive influence for me. Writing my songs and like my music, I loved her like you know multi harmony that she has on it. Like the layering of the Layer, vocals is something yeah. that I definitely took on board so she's definitely been a, an influence and then just like kind of sprinkling my own flavour on top and where does it come from I mean were you always like this I know you and your you and your is it your sister were very much into music as kids yeah. and things like that my sister my mum are great singers like I just come from a family of singers so I've always been singing but I suppose it's only when I wrote Emerald which is the first song that I wrote that I really realised that I could be a songwriter as well and then I just started writing songs and it kind of just came naturally which was great because that's kind of a part of it that I love I love writing my own music because it gives it that extra power then when I'm performing it So can I ask you a question about writing a song I mean how does that work mm-hmm. do you do you have a melody in mind or do you write lyrics first or you, do, you, do you use sheet music put the A's down and the B's and the crotchets and all that kind of thing And it normally starts with a break up or some form of guy mis- mishap <laughs> <laughs> and then it just comes I normally do um my melodies first. So I'll sing something into the mic at home and like scat random words and then I'll put the words to it. But it always starts kind of like with a feeling. I know that sounds so cliche. No, it doesn't. Like, I mean, you have to. If I want to write something sad, it, it's like, it just starts like that. And it's like... Or like some days I'm like, I want, to some, I want to have something sassy and then I start with that. Yeah, and then it's like little building blocks or a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, it just all comes exactly. together. Yeah. And you yeah. know when it's finished that it's good. But yeah, you know falling you was of, good. Yeah, I did. Because any time I put it on, I'd want to play it again and again, where sometimes when I get demos in, if I play it once and I kind of like, it gets lost in the emails, I know that I'm not really vibing it and it's not really a standout track for me. Whereas with falling, I, and I wanted to send to my friends, my family, and I was just so proud of it day one that I knew it was going to be one of my singles. And then break after break, and, and there were well-earned and well-deserved breaks all the way along the road, and things were, like, you're a band-in girl originally, isn't that right? I am, yeah. 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 So do you, are you still up and down to band Do you get back there? Are your folks, did I read something no. about Rochestown? Yeah, my mum moved to Rochestown, so like when I'm home, I live with her in Rochestown now, for years. How's it been then the last couple of years? Where have you been? Because not a whole lot was happening in your world. No, and actually, I'm over in the UK. That's where kind of like most of the producers that I work with are based there. So I moved over to the UK, down in Brighton. And I've been back and forth like an absolute yo-yo. I literally should have my own Ryanair plane by now, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> you should be like, how are yeah? <laughs> I think you're on the train at the moment, are you? <laughs> yeah, I am. That's why normally I'm way more loud than this. But I'm like trying to tone it down and train people are like, what is your one talking about? <laughs> <laughs> are there people around um, you listening to this now? Yeah, the train's back. I was shocked. <laughs> You're one confident young woman, I can tell you, in fairness to you. <laughs> I know, yeah. So, yeah, are you, head, guys, are you heading to Cork, is it? I'm going home for two nights and I'm so excited. What will you do? Just hang out with the family? Well, my sister has had twins. Well, they're eight months now and she's a three-year-old and I literally just turn into Nanny McPhee when I go home. <laughs> I'm literally like a different woman. The leather boots are off. It's literally slippers, baby puke everywhere. <laughs> and that's what I'm going down for. Surely be to God you'll be Surely be to God you'll be in the K, in the queue in KC's tonight at some stage, will you? 
Oh, that cue, but it's so worth it, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> I don't know, I might give them an old shout on the gram and be like, hey, can I have a King Creole there? I'd say they deliver it to you, you know that? Oh, could you imagine that'd be amazing. I'd love that. <laughs> so what are the plans then, now that everything's started and kicked off again? I mean, I know you've been London, Las Vegas, Nashville. Is, is, is it London yeah. and America or what? I think, you know what, I just want to release, I'm going to release some singles where we have them all lined up, like ready to go. And I'm just going to see where it takes me. I, I know America is, um, you know, they're calling for me to go over there. They're in love with the music. Well, they just love the Irish as well, don't they? Which That's is true, it for helps. Us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am going to go back out there at some point. But um, at the moment, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Back sound, and forth from yeah. London, Ireland. Yeah, you sound very grounded. Yeah. Sure, you have to be in this industry. I'm sure, you be flute and runs, but it's like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, it just you know, sounds to me. Forever, so yeah. I'm just going to be myself and enjoy it while it's here. Enjoy the moment. You haven't lost the run of yourself. But I, I read somewhere recently that you said, "I'm totally the girl next door, literally as bland as butter." That doesn't come across yeah. to me in your music. I suppose in my music, I just love expressing myself, and like with my fashion, I love expressing myself. But like. The second I'm off the stage and I'm like sitting on a train going down to Cork, I literally am like you re- Yeah, one. I know. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, I'm chatting almost <laughs> as if to a different person, like an alter ego when you just let loose. Oh yeah, I bloody let loose. <laughs> Wait till you see it live, you'll be like, she is scary. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you get back to the rest of the train trip. Enjoy your weekend at home. Oh, thanks. I'm going for an old snooze now for an hour and a half. Drooling the whole Yeah, the head tipping over and the spit falling oh, down yeah. the side of your Nodding chin. Nodding dog. Don't do that, Lyra, because somebody's bound to take a photograph of that. <laughs> oh yeah, they probably will, but sure. I'll put the mask off, they won't know. All right, well, somebody will wake at Kent Station and no doubt someone's there to pick you up. <laughs> yeah, Dad's coming for me. Oh, good, good old man, Dad. Dad. Will, we play, like will we play the new song, Lose My Mind? Oh yeah, that'd be great. Listen, have a great weekend. Look after yourself. We'll keep Thanks a close so eye on you. Cheers. Thanks, lovely. Bye. Losing my mind, Syra. That's Lyra. And I know that our family are terribly, terribly proud of her, as we all should be. Cork's own fantastic talent. And she is out on her own because it's a completely different style. There's a pack of them all going in one direction. And she's found a niche in another. It's terrific. Good luck to her. You can text 0868104106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818 Okay, have, have a listen to this. Earlier in the week I was talking about research that was out. There was some survey. I don't know how they did it, but they worked out by, uh, I don't know, maybe interviewing women or men. I have no idea. But they worked out that plasterers were the best lovers. I can't remember the order in which the trades came. It was something along the lines of the plasterers were the best lovers, carpenters were second, uh, plumbers were third and electricians were fourth. I'm not 100% sure, but I am sure of one thing. Plasterers were found to be the best lovers. And then on my own Instagram page, I was contacted by Stephen and David, who are two plasterers and they sent me uh, a little vid. Uh, I think they just took some time out from plastering a wall. Have a listen to this. Morning, Queenie. Morning, Steve. It is tea time before tea time. This morning we were trolling the walls and we listened to the one and only Neil Prendival. Love the show, Neil. Long time listener. First time caller. <laughs> While we were trolling the walls, listening, there was a survey done and the radio that Neil was speaking about, and it says that plasterers are the best lovers. No, out of all tradesmen. 
But I can conform. No, we're not. Plas was a first. Electrician's a second. Plumber's a third. Plumber's a third. Neil said, say, no, come here, Neil, while we have you. We want I say good morning to you every morning when you come on. I say, morning, Neil. And you don't say hello. Yeah, Neil. Give and a shout out to us. And every morning. year we ring in to get turkeys for Christmas. No so turkeys. Never get a or ham or spiked beef. So what's that about, like? We have to We're glasses. We're Cork's number one TikTokers. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by one of the two of those crazy pat plasters, Stephen Murphy. Stephen? Good morning, friend of the I have no idea. I have no idea what trowling a wall involves. Trowling a wall is just plastering the wall, basically. And are you trowling well, we, this morning, like? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm actually outside doing prints at the moment, and David, unfortunately, wanted to be on the phone, but he's occupied inside, so <laughs> I had to fly solo this morning. So you're, very, you're handy with your hands, then, I hear, eh? Very good man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can guarantee you one thing anyway. There's a turkey and a spiced beef and a ham in for you, but it's in 10 months' time. You know what? All I wanted to do was get in top of the list. But I need my turkey life. Is that a problem? <laughs> oh, no. I can't give it to you life. That's way too cruel. Because I'll set it off at my man's house just for a bit of fun. <laughs> you, no, I mean, you guys are absolutely flying. Not just in yeah. plastering. But have, is, is it true that you've got something like 705,000 followers on yeah, TikTok yeah. watching That's you trolling a wall? Well, it's basically, well, some of it would be troll plastering, and all other things like family home and just fun videos, doing videos with my mum, my mother just and Mrs. Brown. Um, we do lots, we've done a lot of videos for Doctors in the Light last year, so I have to give a shout out to Tracy Cusack. Nearly 10 million me. likes. Is there money, come here, is there money in that? No, not in TikTok, unfortunately. If we were in England or overseas, yes, they get paid, but unfortunately, in Ireland, we don't get paid. You need to no, move to another... You need to move to another platform, man. Yeah, we need to move, no. If you... No, we have Facebook and we're doing other stuff too, like, but at the minute, no, like a lot of, we do a lot of ads over people with contact, like Snickers, we give a shout out to Snickers. <laughs> what do they do? They just send you Snickers bars or something? No, they're Snickers that are Irish, uh, the, the company that do the clothes, the work Oh, clothes. yeah, I gotcha. And they yeah. sent us out boots and they sent us out <laughs> jump bars, they sent us out a lot of gear and we just made a silly video in there, that was it. And how long are you and Steve trolling and plastering together? Oh, David is with us about four years. Sorry, David. Sorry. Sorry, Stephen David. Yeah. I'm plastering a long time, but David's with us about four years. And is he, has he served his time? Like, is he handy? No. No, he, we, none of us served our time, really. We didn't do any apprenticeships like that. <laughs> we just went straight in and that was it. <laughs> I mean, are they, are they straight walls? Like, there's not, they're li- not liable to fall or anything, No. No, no, hopefully not. They're all straight and beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. You don't take life too seriously then, no? No, that's the, that's the key. That's the key to success, I think. Have a bit of fun. Do you put up, did you put up an, a challenge then to me? Hang on, I think I have another piece of audio here. Do I? Is this a challenge that you were setting? Yeah, that's a challenge. That's one of our famous dances uh, to the, the song of Pizza. The pizza. We're going to Pizza. Have a listen to this. We've done Hang it, I've got a challenge for Neil. Mr. Prenderman, we want everybody up in the court Red FM to accept our challenge. And our challenge is to do a TikTok with us. Known as our most famous TikTok is the Go Tell Pizza one. If you don't know the dance, look it up. We look forward to hearing from you. And we could be on the radio tomorrow. And if not, we don't care. There's more pressing matters in the world. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> there is more, there is more pressing matters in the world. You're right there <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> so what's the plan? I mean, I've seen some of these on Instagram where people set up their camera, they take four or five steps back to it from it, and they do a dance routine to a song. Is that what you're on about? That's pretty much it. But to the, to the, well, we actually done it to the beat down. We just went down. We didn't plan nothing. Just went down, press play. We done a dance, and it actually took off. And is it good? Or are you mortifying? Yeah, it, it, it's simple. It's simple. It's good. It's funny. I've done it with uh, Skull Goblins and Teachers in Mallow. We've done it with them. We've done it with a lot of people. Is there an so, awful lot of practice involved? Because the people that I no, see doing it are very good. No, we're not that good, Neil. We're not that good, Neil. We're not that good, So in, when you're doing the dance, are you in your plasterer's gear, like your overalls and things? Yeah, we are. We're in some of the videos, yeah. But I've done it with the kids at home and... My what? Mom, do you mean you have children? Yeah, I have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> I shout out to Shay, Layla, and Miley May, the youngest, five months. Do your kids know that you're nuts? <laughs> yeah, they're well known. Too known. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So what's the song? Let's, is this the song here? Have a listen. What's going on here? That should be Barbados. <laughs> Was I in a coma for 40 years? We're gonna have a party. See, I'm so old, I remember the original, you see. Yeah, yeah, she's changed. It's a small song. Typically tropical. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you want done? You want everybody at the radio station to do that, is it? I can send you the video. What's in you it? And what's it. in it for me? Will will you will you come round plaster a few walls? Yeah, the same thing that did it for me, Nate. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of fun, a bit of banter, a bit of crack. Oh well, I mean, suppose if somebody if somebody wants to organise it and put it together and come up with the choreographed moves, I think it might be possible. Will you be part of it? I'd be part of it, but I think I think just go in, press play, and do it. If it comes out bad, it comes out good. Doesn't matter. <laughs> ah, it's easy for you to say I'm first going to have to see and take a look and see how bad or good you are before I accept the challenge have a look at it get back to me and we'll go off from there right. what's the plans for the weekend the plans of the weekend is kids kids and more kids <laughs> <laughs> that is it oh, I have a bit of painting to do my daughter's pen she thought she was a pre-teen she's actually a pre-teen now so I have to do up her room so it's walk from walk. Listen, you'll be doing up a room many, many times between now and 18, I'm telling you. And it'll be and purples and it'll be black and then it'll be pink. God only knows this will be an ongoing yeah. journey for you. All right, well, listen, are you, are you working outdoors most of the time, is it? Um, well, outdoors now today because it's absolutely beautiful there. But inside, outside, all new bills. So, Thinking, yeah. That's cold work, boy. I hope you're well paid for it. We were blessed this year for the weather. The weather wasn't too bad. All right. Okay. Well, listen, you say hi to David for me, will you? I and mean, I'll make sure that I'll make I'm sure to be. very disappointed you didn't get on. And you know what? I think it's safer for me and you because I think you'd get sacked if he was on the radio. <laughs> so, between myself and ourselves. You're telling me you're the safer of the two, is it? Sorry? Are you the safer of the two? I'm the safer. I'm the most calm, black. <laughs> okay. We'll see. All right. Can I give a shout out to my mum as well, who she's listening, she's cringing. She's probably saying, she told me last night, be nice to me, Lo. Be nice to me. So I said, I will. So I shout out to my man, Harry Muffy. All right, well, listen, Stephen and David, have a great weekend. I think we have a, f- I have a feeling we'll be talking again about this challenge at some time in the not too distant. We'll be dancing. Right. <laughs> and I look forward to that turkey. I hope it's alive.
No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like it's not going to be alive. Don't expect it alive. It'll be a double breast, but it will be dead. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. All right, fine. Good luck, Owen. We'll talk next week. Thank Cheers. You. Well done. Bye. Thanks, lads. Calling Red FM Studio. Call the new number. 0818-104-106. Okay, last bunch of shout-outs, and then we'll pick a free Food Friday winner uh, for the last time for Oak Fire Pizza because it's their last week with me. We'll have a new sponsor next week, but thank you to everybody at Oak Fire Pizza. So pizza, please, for all the family. We're having baby number three. They'll be here next week, or baby be here next week as Fiona and Toker to everybody at Scanlos Pharmacy in Ballanine to 16A the Barbers wish them best of luck with their new coffee and takeaway shop on Evergreen Road to everybody in Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire to Roadstone and Ballancolic to Billy and all the gang at SOS Recovery in Blarney they actually say Give us the pizza, you miserable B-A-S-T. Everybody working at Republic of Work on the South Mall, especially Caroline, who's celebrating her birthday on Tuesday, to the staff at Good Shepherd Services, sorting out emergency accommodation for families in Cork, ATS Carrigaline, Free Food Friday, please. Everybody's listening at East Cork Oil and Unifar and Toker, uh, Dennis O'Reilly Crash Repairs in Timmel in League, and Area Carpets and Flooring on Parnell Place. So good morning to all of you. We'll pick a winner. It'll feed 15 of with the bigger pizzas uh, on the menu and all of the sides to go with it and mini cheesecake desserts. So I'll do that in about seven or eight minutes' time. Meanwhile, last opportunity to win our last prize for Traboggan this morning. And this, of course, is a great prize. We're giving away all week. Free three-night self-catering weekend breaks for the weekend of April 1st for frontline workers. Thank you to Traboggan. I actually went back to them a couple of times for extras and they gave them to me every time, which was absolutely lovely of them. And thank you for that. So one or two emails and a couple of calls then or at least one so Diane Lee is one of those that was talked about quick email relation to your weekend giveaways my fiance Diane Lee uh, for this as ever since COVID-19 hit she's been going non-stop she's home help but it definitely is a frontline worker's job she's done just a lot more than just call to her clients she did food shopping as well as a wonderful mom to our kids. She always puts people before herself, and I'd love if you consider her for this, as David, talking about those working in home health. I also got a really lengthy one. It's a beautiful one about um, a, a, a one daughter got in touch with me to tell me about her mam, Noreen, and it was Sinead who wrote to me. She said, 40 years her mother, Noreen, has been working in Marymount Hospice. At the last two and a half years, the most difficult but she never let it phase her. She never missed a shift at Marymount, even though she had underlying health conditions herself and her husband would have been high risk. It was a scary time, particularly at the start when we were in the unknown, but she took all the precautions necessary and went in to do her work. First time she had to put on full PPE uh, to care for a COVID patient. She said she could touch it, never ever get used to it, but never once complained. But it was alien to her. It felt like a barrier between her and the patients. Um, she was not used to it at all. Her everyday work changed so much. It's a very lengthy email talking about everything that her mother did. I wish that I had time to read it all, but it's beautifully written, and thank you for it, Sinead, about your mother, uh, Noreen. Then there's one in here from uh, about my husband, Stephen Bolger, who's a paramedic. Uh, from the minute the pandemic came in, he stepped up, made himself available when and where he was needed. It was a worrying time for the family. They had two small kids at home and um, Lisa was heavily pregnant with their third child. Uh, Stephen didn't get time to spend much valuable time when Orla did come around, did come along, third baby. Um, and she'd love him to win this to show how proud they are of him as a pandemic, as a, a paramedic during 
the pandemic. And then my sister Emer and her partner Davy worked all through lockdown in logistics, one of the delivery and installation of appliances like cookers and things. They weren't classed as frontline, but every day they put themselves at risk, making sure that customers all over Ireland got their deliveries. And Davy had to go into people's homes to fix and install all of the household appliances. Scary time when we were not supposed to enter anyone's home. Both were amazing hard workers, never complained. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful text. It's quite a long one, but I won't be able you know, have an opportunity to read it all out. But to Emer and to Davey, well done to you. And Sinead got in touch with me. Okay, I wish I had more time, but I just want to get a call or two on. Let me just chat with Deirdre. Deirdre, good morning. Morning, Neil. And this is, well, thank you. This is the story of your brother, Richard O'Flynn. Tell me about him. Yeah, so Richard, um, he's my oldest brother. And um, when I heard the, the trip for Trevalgan um, on, I was like, Do you know, I'm going to enter in Richard. He's um, he, himself and his wife, Christine, both work in Tesco and Mallow. And they have two young boys. And from the very beginning of the pandemic, they've been working opposite shifts to each other because obviously family weren't able to help out with the boys. Um, so they've been, Richard goes to work in the morning kind of for five o'clock in the morning and he finishes around two o'clock and they switch, they switch, um, in the car park. So, so she brings the kids to him and he takes them home and then she goes into work. And she goes into the same job as him then when they swap the kids, is it? Yeah, yeah. They both (laughs) work in Tesco. So... They've been working just complete opposite shifts. So she, he's five to two. And what, what shift is she then? So she could be two to ten usually. Like they kind of work, you know, in and around the same same time. For the and is that every day or do the shifts change about a bit? No, that's kind of pretty much every day. Yeah, yeah that's what they've done since the beginning of, of the pandemic. Mother of now, God. Yeah. So, so they had, you know, they had a very hard for for the, the lockdowns and, you know, no help with the boys and whatever. So, yeah. With James and Kean, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time to spend with the kids. I mean, I know they yeah. can independently, but as a family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they wouldn't have much time as a family to spend with them. So that's why I entered them entered them in. I thought they'd be very deserving of it. And, and, the the la- and you know what? Where would we have been without the supermarkets over the two years oh, of this pandemic? Yeah, exactly. You know? And they were yeah, all geared up and everything and they'd de- deal with all sorts of people and all sorts of emotions, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the only time we kind of would have gotten to see Richard was when we went to Tesco to do our shopping, we'd give to say hello, you know, and that was it. Like, we didn't see him for weeks and weeks and... You know, it, it was the only time we got to see him. So, yeah, they worked very hard throughout the the whole pandemic. And I think all the supermarket workers deserved something back, you know. I 100% agree with you. I just can't get out of my head the fact that they swapped the kids, James and Kean in the car park at Tesco at two o'clock every day. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. They were. It was a hard time for them. Great story. Hang in there, Deirdre. You'd never know. I want to get another couple of calls on the air, but thank you for sharing it. Some great stories this week. Hilda, good morning. Hang on a second. I get my phone line sorted here. No, you see, I don't know where the story is on one, but if you want to try and get one back again, I can come back after the break. And Oh, I'll tell you what I will do. I'll pick a free Food Friday winner for this week. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Here we go. 
What have we got here? Okay. Our golf clubs, our golf course is open. Bandon Golf Club in Castle Road, Bandon. For all the hardworking green peak keepers, especially Adrienne Wilmot. Thanks, Neil. Hopefully today is their lucky pizza day. Well, it is lucky for you. I don't know how many you are working down there. It'll feed 15 of you. If there's 15 green keepers of staff working at Bandon Golf Club, you're sorted for pizzas and sides and dessert. Courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So congratulations this week to Bandon Golf Club. Castle Road in Bandon. I'm sure the greens are immaculate and you've built up a fair old hunger. Uh, lies open. Uh, you can get in touch over the weekend if you wish. Remember, my conversation with Teresa was a very emotive one, 86 and a half years old, but yet the treatment certainly left a lot to be desired at the A&E. Your thoughts on that are welcome by text. Text 0868104106 or indeed you can always email neil at redfm.ie. We'll wrap up after the break. See if I can get Hilda back. The Neil Prenderville Show. On Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, let me see if I can get two calls this on this side of uh, of midday. Um, Hilda, good morning. Good morning. I know. Uh, I, I wish I had more time. I wish I really did. But you want to tell me about your mum? Oh, it was my daughter put it in for me. This is Hilda. Oh, it's, it was your daughter put it in for you. Are you yeah. mortified? <laughs> Yes, I, I, I'm walking around here you now and I say people see me you now walking around talking uh, to my folks. You're well able to walk though because you work for on post. Are you delivering mail? Yes, I'm out here now in Carrigline working away. <laughs> uh, how's it been for you the last couple of years in hail, rain, snow, well, sun and COVID? We've been mental, I have to say. We've been up the walls tearing, but it's kind of gone quieter. But do you know what? We didn't mind it. We didn't mind it at all. She tells me that you were getting up at half five every morning. We are. We do that anyway. Some are earlier than me, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair play to them. Like and you go off then to collect your mail sack, is it? We get. We bring. They get dropped to us in the morning. We sort away, and then we get our vans ready and packed up. So it's fine. So it's I know, yeah. I mean, you're you're going to play. In, you're going to play down the importance of your job, but your daughter isn't a nor am I. What's your daughter's name? She just doesn't say here. Dave. Jade is her name. Jade. Jade. So I'd say you yeah. were doing a lot more than just delivering mail. You were checking on the elderly, people living alone, stuff like that. That was that was part of what we do. We, like, I'm a chatty person and I chat away to them all the time anyway, so I always meet them. Especially up in, in Carry Court, I used to always meet every morning at 11 o'clock with a coffee break and have a chat there with them. So, <laughs> we did good. We did great. You also we went and did people shopping. Not me, no, personally. It was uh, one or two of the other women. in the Yeah, well, the certainly on post did, and they went and did messages yeah. for people, and also they had to particularly deal with people who were cocooning at the time. Mightn't see yeah, anyone except... Yeah, that was kind of hard meeting some people like that. They found it hard, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd say you like, I'd say you like with, uh, working with people and around people and interacting with the public. I do, I like it. It, was, it kind of got me out of myself. I'm a very quiet, introvert person, so it's got me out of myself. Well, well done. <laughs> well done for getting the mail. Apart from the bills and the visa bills that you bring us, we could oh, do without I, those. I know, we can't control them. Now. And I, if you wouldn't mind, just lose, lose a few of the, of the gas bills and the electricity oh, bills, would you? If only, I'd be doing my own first. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jade said that you are an absolute angel on earth and myself and my family would be lost without you. That's what your daughter said about you. You should be very oh, proud. Thank you. <laughs> well Thank done, you. Hilda. Well done. Thanks for coming on air. It's not the easiest thing. Mark? Hang on a second. Let me get line five. So here we go. Mark, he's there now. Mark, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you getting I'm on? good. Now, you wanted to nominate a three-year-old. 
<laughs> I know, it's a bit strange, but... Uh, Your three-year-old yeah, daughter, Erin, tell me why. That's right. No, just she was just said, um, since the pandemic happened, I suppose, you know, been in lockdown, and she just, uh, she started preschool last year, and it's been a... She's been in and out of it. She's been sick for a while. She's, uh, we think she's asthma. She's on inhalers and steroids. And oh, man. She got COVID then, and uh, we all got COVID together, which we're lucky. But uh, when she had COVID, she took so long to get out of it. And then she got a big rash all over her legs, a really bad rash. Now, for a, yeah. for a three-year-old with asthma getting COVID, you must have got an awful fright. Of course, of course. Because we didn't even know she had asthma as well. You know, everything's going to happen together. So we were up and down to the hospital. Up and was down she to very the sick for a while then? Yeah, she was like, and she couldn't go, you know, when you're coughing, you can't go to school back then, you couldn't go to school. So we literally did about three weeks of school since September. Ah, she um, missed school, but she missed all of her pals. I think she's great at the gymnastics as well, is she? Oh yeah, she loves gymnastics. She practices every night at home and she's fantastic. Uh, and she just started back up now in the last two weeks, so it's great. But she just missed so much and she's an only child, so she had no other kids. Oh no! And the neighbours' kids were all kind of in home as well, so there was, there was this tough one. I don't know if you she's very good, she, she's fantastic, and I work two jobs as well, so I don't be home much, I've only three evenings at home, basically a week. What do you but do, Pat? What do you do, Mark? I work logistics uh, during the day, and then I do pizza deliveries in the evening. Do you really? Just to pay bills and yeah. just to make things ends meet? Just to survive, you mean, just to You wouldn't be that. doing it by choice 18-hour days, would <laughs> not you? Not a hope, not a hope. It was either that or my wife work. And then some less would take care of her. And you know, so I said, I'd rather do two jobs and then I'll be raised by her mother. So, so hang on a second. Are you not exhausted? Like, I mean, you're working with DHL, what, 8 a.m. or something, 9 a.m.? 8, 8 to 4.30, yeah. And then when do you come home then, have a rest and a bit of food, is it? No, straight to the pizza shop. Just a four, only had three evenings during the week. Or two evenings, sorry, during the week and then the weekend. And what time do you finish at? About 11.30, 11.30 at and you, you crawl out of bed and do the whole thing again the next day? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, as I said, it's my choice because, you know, it's either that or my wife working in, someone else wears there. And so I walk so better this way, I think. I'd say you're one, I, I'd say in spite of your long hours, you're one happy little family, the three of you. Oh, she, she makes us so happy. We, we sent you videos every now and then and we put up videos on Facebook and YouTube and... She's Long so day. good. She's uh, unbelievable. Well done. We're very lucky. Very well lucky. Done. That's great, in fairness, in spite of the hard work you're doing, you know? And everyone had a hard on the last few years, to be fair. And I just said, nominate, even though she's not a front line worker, but we never stopped. I never stopped working during the whole two years. So, but, um, well, you know, DHL, logistics, people need deliveries and did so over the last two years. People also needed hot pizza when all the restaurants were closed. You know, you have a three-year-old who was battling asthma and COVID and didn't get to go to school or preschool or gymnastics or see her friends. I got to send you guys down to Toboggan for a few nights. I really do. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I really do. And you need to take some time off and rest over that weekend. I can't remember last night the weekend off, but I can't look forward to it. <laughs> well, you can look forward to it and pencil in April for the weekend of April 1st. Three nights. Now, there's a lot of physical activities and lots of things for the kids to do. 
Let your wife do all of that stuff. You just have a rest. Oh, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because rearing a no, child is hard. She's, yeah. she's probably working harder than me. That's true. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you for digging me out of that hole, Mark. Appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Listen, no, I'm delighted. I'm delighted that I'm able to reward you in some way, shape, or form for your hard work. But more importantly, little Aaron, she will absolutely love it. And if you can round up another couple of kids or a couple of in-laws, bring them with you. I want a lot I of people want. going. Right, a big family no, event. No. Okay. That's fantastic. I appreciate it. Okay, pal. Listen, lovely chatting with you. Congratulations. Take care. Take care. All the best. Um, I do have more emails. If I get an opportunity next week, I will share some more stories with you. Anything that I didn't get to today, I'll pick up on Monday. Um, And thanks to everything, uh, everybody who got involved in conversations this week, and particularly to Traboggan, who really did go above and beyond because I went back a few times for extra prizes and they were very, very helpful and gave them to me every time. So I do appreciate that. Lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.